Hi, I used to be Benjamin Light. <laughs> and I think I'm still Marco Sparks. And welcome to Bros Watch PL2, Colin, the perfectionist. Mm-hmm. We're back, finally. Yeah. We Ten years later. Spent all that time reading and discussing the books. I mean, we knew it was going to have much to do with the show, but it really doesn't have much to do with the show. No, it just names. Mm-hmm. And not even like N- names and for some reason a conversation about and then there were none. Yeah. Although now it's the book and not the movie. Mm-hmm. Of all the things you keep. Yeah. <laughs> Agatha Christie was right. It's okay to murder people. The character's uh, first name was Justice. Not very subtle, Agatha. <sighs> but how how much does that hurt you in your heart? <laughs> so much. Because especially since there's two characters that I love. And Caitlin could be one of them. And it's like, this is I think, her I think it would be more accurate to say there's two characters you want to love. It's a, it's a little bit... The only thing I can compare it to is, like, again, when like we found out about Kylo Ren, and then they were Halloween costumes, like, two months before the movie came out. And I remember thinking, like, well, what if you dress up like Kylo Ren, and then you see the movie, and you're like, this guy sucks. Like, I, why did I dress like him? It's like, yeah, I've I've uh, I've been crushing hard on Taylor and Caitlin. And then Caitlin's just like, author's not subtle. Named a character Justice. And it's not a fish. And I'm like, Ooh. oh, dear. Uh, his so name Caitlin is not Justice. That's his title. He's a judge. So Caitlin makes up for it with uh, her consistent, like, murder fetish. All right. Well, um, yeah. So to, get to get the it. sillies out, we uh, we spent five minutes there trying to find a Nolan Hotchkiss voice. It turns out it's it. just Doctor Strange. Yeah. Thank you for punching the mic to accentuate that. Sorry. Yeah. I, uh, I also tried to mute it so I could cough. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to go over numbers real quick because this aired on March 20th, 2019. I'm looking at a deadline post from November 5th, 2014 talking about how I, Marlon Keene, is going to be spearheading a potential perfectionist TV show. I wonder how much it's changed since then, like the initial pitch. Well, and so the Deadline article talks about how she's basically, I think, just running it through her company. And so like, part of the pause will be they need to find a writer to go do the script. And then I think it just like sat in a drawer for a while, seemingly, right? Until it was time to coalesce I, it to this. I guess. I mean, I... It seems like just, you know, little birdies and whatnot that we've heard. There might have been like a couple different ideas for a PLL spinoff. And this is kind say, of what it eventually morphed into. Can I just say what the wildest rumor we heard was? Haunted Vineyard. Haunted Vineyard would have been real good. Uh, no, the one where, oh shit, who were all the characters? It was like four characters. It was like Hannah and Caleb and two other people that made no sense. I don't recall that one. But I mean, they were definitely trying to do something with the Ava character. Not Ava, Ava Allen is her name. The uh, Addison character, mm-hmm. Addison Danger or Derringer, um, that would have been a better name. Yeah, they're trying to set something up with that, and it just I don't know, it didn't land or something. So anyway, mm. this is the Perfectionist S one E one, the pilot episode written by I Marlin King, directed by Elizabeth Allen Rosenbaum. Mm. Filmed in Portland, Oregon. Yes. Do you want to do kind of general thoughts or just dive right in and, and save the discussion? For the Let's end? do like high, high altitude general thoughts. Cause I feel like we're going to really want to sum up things at the end. Right. Sure. So 
just general gut, what would you think watching this? The ended. It was okay. I think there's there's some bones that have potential. I mm-hmm. don't think it kind of struck with the same force that the PLL pilot struck with. Mm, I would agree. Uh, I mean, throughout the episode, I generally enjoyed it. There were parts where I was like, this should be, how do I put this, a little better. I mean, um, it was kind of exactly what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm not really expecting the show to get good till halfway through the season anyway. Um, yeah. But I don't know, like my overall like i just rewatched it and it kind of feels like maybe i am marlin king had this idea for like this kind of near future techie like paranoia surveillance state show mm. and it was like oh i'll just make the perfectionist about that and then it was like oh we it's got to be a pll spinoff so we're gonna drop in a couple pll characters and it kind of feels like there's like these three different competing ideas mm-hmm. and the show's doing all of them at the same time mm-hmm mm-hmm and one of those elements is suffering. Yeah. Like, I think, I think once upon a time, you can try to track it over the progression of us reading the books and recording those episodes. At one point I was like, okay, you need to bring in a little bit more of like the classic PLL into your marketing. And then like the last two months I've been like, okay, you're bringing way too much of classic PLL. Like you're, I feel like you're totally alienating any potentially new fans. Um, this is a PLL show. And I think your three new characters aren't served the best. Two of them yeah. have at least like they have their, their fingers into the story and they're hanging on. One of them, I feel like you could take this character out and you really wouldn't miss anything. Which character are you talking about? Because I feel like we might have different ideas for that character. Um, I think it's Ava. Oh, I think it's Dylan. Okay, interesting. Well, Dylan's thing that connects him to all this is the weakest mm-hmm. um because it's college you're man. mad at nolan because he cheated on your boyfriend okay. yeah like it's college man it's hookups yeah. like it's shitty for your boyfriend but like I, I think if you ask your boyfriend about it he'll tell you that he's barely surprised well it's um, like hey you did it bro yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean pll it's like you got to have a little skin in the game of guilt to like have your secrets work whereas ava i don't know man it's I have a lot of thoughts on Ava. For what they're trying to do with Ava, I was like, man, Arya was great. Like Lucy Hale was great. Like the character, when she wasn't precocious, she was so fucking weird. <laughs> I just this this I maybe I just want to like Ava more than you, but the way I'm seeing her character is I in my mind I do that thing that Spencer does where she rearranges the block names and I take Ava Jalali and I rearrange it into Olivia Jade. And I'm like, yeah. oh, now I get it. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, that fell into their laps wonderfully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, Lori Laughlin, Felicity Huffman, and your husbands. Um, fucking Massimo. Yeah, like, also Ava's fashion. It just, it seems. Oh, I have a lot, I have a lot of thoughts about her fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's, let's dive right in. Why don't you yeah, take it away? Uh, so we fade in. It's night at the Beacon Heights University campus. We push it on like the quad. Oh, I should say real quick. Um, visually, I love the way the show looks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think it's only going to get better, mm-hmm. too. Because, um, I mean, it's a pilot, and I think the pilot came in long, and I think you can tell that they probably had to find 10 minutes of cuts. And yet they didn't cut that scene between Dylan and his boyfriend where he just talks about getting an internship and has no point to the plot at all. Anyway, sorry, continue. Yeah, yeah. 
they thought she might have forgotten about Andrew <laughs> 10 minutes later. So we push on the quad. There's like this ominous, ominous gust of wind blowing. There's this cool cello riffing on a version of Lady Gaga's poker face. Mm-hmm. We hear Ava's voiceover. She says, uh, welcome to Beacon Heights University, where excellence is not an option. It's a requirement. We get lots of shots of the facade of a particularly collegiate building at night. We see the sign tells us this is the BHU Music Hall. Um, some folks are leaving. We can overhear them. The woman says, don't stay up too late. And the guy's like, he's going to be there all night. All Through night? Like, seriously, all night? Yeah, well, I have questions about Caitlin in a second. Mm-hmm. Um through the window, we see that Dylan, our cello boy, is uh, really going at it at his practice. He's like looking at his sheet music on an iPad, swiping from page to page on it with bloody fingertips. <laughs> Ava's voiceover is ranked as one of the most challenging programs in the U.S. Students here are the best and the brightest. So proving that, Dylan sees that his finger is bloody from playing that cello so fucking hard. So he shakes it off. He's playing uh, poker face also. Yeah. Like I said, a minute yeah. ago. Uh, no, no, back. but like that, that's, that's what he's really, really yeah. struggling with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's going back to playing of some renewed intensity despite his bloody finger. He keeps play, play, playing. Um, yuck, that cello is going to be gross. I just don't think he could play that way. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, cellists are like, oh, I yeah, that know. happens. Shouldn't he have pretty good calluses by now? I would think so, but I also don't know how lubricated your hands need to be. Um, playing cello i don't know how like what you got to get everything i also, don't think he wanted lubricated this pilot's very sexual you think you want to dry i think so you think dry is the way to go mm-hmm. okay okay yeah he's gonna play it harder you know what that means mm-hmm. um meanwhile late at night caitlin is jogging on campus ava's voiceover is like and if you thought getting in was hard <laughs> keeping up is even harder caitlin pauses to check her time on her apple watch it no, says that's, that's not an apple watch it's not like sorry. some lo-fi fitbit thing she should have an apple watch I wrote down the wrong time here. It's like 3.55 a.m., right? It's 3.14. 14, sorry. Friday. Oh, I'm sorry. She did She did five minutes and 33 seconds. That's what mm-hmm. I got confused. It's 3.14 a.m. She seems displeased at this. She's extra displeased at the time. She takes off running again. We hear lightning and thunder crashing well, the sound. So is Ava, or no, sorry, not Ava. Is Caitlin, um, is she on like an academic, like athletic scholarship or something? Like why does her time matter that much? It, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem like we ever see out. her. Like what is, terms? Okay, so is she like pre-law or law or something? I would think so. I, I, did you take a lot of legal classes for your film degree? I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, also, I don't know. Up early, up late, up early. I hope. I, uh, I, I mean, mean, when do you go to bed? Like you seven up all night. Yeah, you're fucked if you stayed up all night jogging. I don't which know, three, also three o'clock boring. means nothing to me. Yeah, but but, order, order a fucking salad. Yeah, um, but like, what what is Oh man, I really got to get my time down because I'm yeah. paying my way through on a track scholarship. No, your mom's a senator. So, yeah. I don't know. At, at least with Dylan, the music thing like makes it, sense. It, yeah, it makes sense. It doesn't raise too many questions. Um, she runs past the building listed as McCormick Residence Hall. If you think I'm not going to jump on every stupid detail, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pan up the top floor of McCormick Hall as Caitlin runs away. Uh, one light goes out, but seemingly we're going to the, the inside the room with the lights on it next to it. And Ava's voiceover continues, at BHU, we'll do whatever it takes to stay on top. We thrive under pressure and strive for perfection. Roll credits. Uh, where we find that Ava at a drafting table is working furiously on some fashion designs. And her voiceover says, but no one's perfect. And the pressure is building to a breaking point. And then, oh shit, she breaks her pencil because she's so much pressure. She's like drawing some outfits or something. Yeah. Because she's fashion 
fashion girl. She's a fashionista. Uh, mm-hmm. She starts tearing up her designs on, on her pad of paper in frustration. So we cross cut between Ava and Caitlin and Dylan doing their thing. And Ava's voiceover is, and someone is about to snap. We get a shot of a paramedic zipping up a body bag. We see some like police do not cross take kind of like cutting in all this. We see people running and we see in here flashing lights and sirens and police cars. More shots of that body bag being zipped up. And Ava's voiceover says, and kill. And that's how it starts. So that opening and then think about where the show ends. Does it feel like the same show? Nope. 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 Well, because the, sh- the ending of the show strongly implies a certain kind of show that has not as much to do with the rest of this. Yeah. Even even take off the very, very end scene, but just like yeah. the way it ends with the, the death there. It doesn't quite feel like it lines up with what we got here. Well, so... What this beginning tells me that you included this voiceover, right? Like this tells me a student has to be the killer, right? Like otherwise, seemingly, yeah. I mean, if it's like a conspiracy where like there was insider trading or industrial mm-hmm. espionage, Hotchkiss Industries, this doesn't make any sense to me. Then it's. I feel like we're we're heading for like the clue ending, where it's just like, was it about the senator's daughter? Yeah. Also, <laughs> a foreign money embezzler. You know. I don't want to forget this. I'm fascinated by the comments that we've gotten from Twitter. Although thank you for the people who've kindly asked when this very podcast will drop. <laughs> I also appreciate the people who are like, when the fuck is that podcast coming? Thank you. But uh, people were kind of in two different camps of what they perceived at that very, very end, which I found fascinating. Anyway, so mm-hmm. credits. We got Denmark and Winter doing a cover of the secret song here. How do you feel about this cover? I had no problem with the cover. I do not like this credit sequence. It's 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 too fast. It's was leaving a lot of the uh, cachet from the iconic PLL one on the table. It's it's like weirdly too fast. Like it's either like you just flash a title card or you got to have credits a little bit longer in this. You know what I mean? Like it's like this like tweener in between thing where it's just like a couple shots of the campus and then walking and like some, you know, overhead like shadow shot like. you see the word murder on like a manuscript and then it's just like, here's a lake in, in the title. It's really yeah, weird. It's, it's yeah, it's, I'm not crazy, but I feel like, like it should have been more stylish. Like the original PLO credit sequence is very cheesy the first time you see it. But after a while, it's so ingrained. It's beloved. It's iconic. They got to tweak it with all the specials like this. Like, is this really going to be the credit sequence for the entire show? Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing is to do some kind of matching credit sequence, you got to make some choices about what the show is. Mm-hmm. And especially if if it doesn't really solidify to halfway through the season, who knows? I don't I have a problem with this cover song. I also it, it, it it's like nothing. To if me, I were them, I would have I mean, they there's a lot of cello in this. I would have leaned even harder on the cello. Yeah. Just give me yeah. give me maybe some sort of rendition of the secret song just kind of played in like a, I don't know, like vibrato way on the cello or something like that. Like, you know, spice it up a little bit and, and just do that. Well, especially since the writer on the show, one of the writers on the show, Paula, you has shown us that you can do mm-hmm. a really crack and cover of this, but like, yeah, I mean, like I would bring in the score. I feel like is, is it's got a little more cello. It's very similar to the PLO score. Like when it comes in, how they use it, I would bring in an artist like Zoe Keating and just like let her, I mean, she primarily does like cello shit. So it's like just, I don't know. Anyway, after the credits. After the credits. So uh, we've got, uh, this is that shot from the trailer. It's a car heading over a bridge here. I guess this is leaving Portland. Maybe it's unclear. 
Um, Allie's in the back. This driver's in the front. He's making chit-chat. He says, so what brings you to Oregon? And Allison says, I'm joining the faculty at BHU. So is he like driving her like from the Portland airport all the way to Beacon Heights? Who knows? Presumably. Is he like hired by the school? Because she's like... She barely like she has like a handbag with her or something, you know. Like she has like no luggage at all. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's being shipped. Uh, anyway. She might even have the same bag that Ava has later. <laughs> yeah. Driver says, "You got friends here," and Allison says, "Don't know a soul." And then she's kind of wistfully staring at a picture on her phone's lock screen of just the Ren babies, no Emily. There's like a weird lack of Shay Mitchell's face in this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, they don't have the budget for Shay Mitchell's face yet. I guess not. <laughs> it's really bizarre. Um, uh, so yeah, that's see, it with this guy. Did you see the thing they released online of like the little snippet of Emerson texting yes. each other? That's such shitty fan service. It just feels like damage control to me, but I go for it. I want more. If you're gonna do that, just keep doing it. You know. Oh, like that could be like your after the episode. Like, go to our website, get this bullshit mm-hmm. thing. Also, is Joseph Doherty's landing like a semi-real thing somewhere in Pennsylvania. Like, what are you texting about if your strained relationship? Isn't with your... Doherty's landing the name of the airfield or is it a different air- airfield? Oh, I don't know. I Alex just, I, I have no idea. I just assumed it's in the thing. It's implied. It's a thing. I just assumed it was a yeah. reference to Doherty, but like also I love that this driver's like, well, I guess I'm done talking to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just a day player and you're the lead actress. Also, Sasha does this thing throughout the episode. I, I, uh, it's, it's, gonna, it's, uh, it's called alley face is what she does. I'm going to mention an actor and I don't mean this to be derogatory, but mm. like, it's, uh, it's like a Shatner thing, like a William Shatner thing the show that she knows and owns this role. Cause she, every time someone asks her a question, she like pauses and does alley face. Like you <laughs> said, like, she's just like, let me emote before I answer mm. just to remind everyone that I am the star. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, car stops. She gets out. She's in like stilettos. Mm hmm. Those are, I mean, what are those? At least four inches or so. Um, Three inches, nothing. Walking up to some house that, that I guess this is like campus housing. It has to be, it's right? The, her situation here, she's a TA, but she's on a scholarship, but she has her own house. Mm-hmm. Like, is she just like living here rent free, I guess? Uh, is this part of, yeah, is this part of it? Like, well, but also why would Beacon Guard be in this house if it wasn't on the campus? Yeah. And is Sally getting paid? Is she actually a grad student or just there as some sort of like assistant professor? These are all good questions. These are all, these are all questions that I have. Anyway, she goes in, uh, lets herself inside because I guess she already had the keys. Looks around. It's just, it's like fully furnished, you know, Um, get some cool like overhead shots. There's a, like a landing up there with a door, which I guess might come in later. I presume so if it's yeah. in here. Uh, there's a basement that she kind of looks in, looks down the stairs, and decides, nah, and it turns off the lights and it goes away. And then Mona shows up. Mm-hmm. Mona with a knife and some pie. Mona brought pie. Allison's like, Mona. And Mona's just so bubbly and nonchalant. She's like, I brought pie. And Allison's like, okay. We see a lot of like, like to start of a scene and then we're going to jump forward in time with the same character, same place. So a lot of like establishing shots then like outside usual mm-hmm. PLL voyeuristic, which really fits, I guess, with the surveillance aspects. So 
Mona Lisa Allison over the table. I just feel like there were a lot of um, kind of overhead, like camera up in the corner type shots that kind of gave off that surveillance vibe. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the last season and a half of PLL, they were like, hey, there's ceilings now. (laughs) (laughs) We can take the camera a little bit lower, like uh, Susan Cain. So Mona's got the box and she's, you know, pulling out this pie, carving it, serving it up. She's got a lot of like the way she cuts it. Intensely. Wonderfully. she cuts, she doesn't like, you know, you got your knife and you got your pie pan. She just cuts straight through the pan. Yeah. Like she's not trying to kind of like pull it up on the edge there at all. She just goes honk straight through. Fuck this pan. Um, and she also gets like uh, the cherry pie like everywhere. It's like all over the table at the end of the show. It's well, because this is, I don't remember what they call this, but this is that thing in the actor's craft where it's like the one actor's really lucky because they've got things to do. And it's like, <laughs> I feel like she's doing her things and she's doing her lines, but it's like, it's almost like she's no parish is amazing at almost everything. Yeah. Uh, we got to see her actually serve pie now. Um, mm-hmm. Allison's like, Mona, what are you doing here? And Mona's like, I work at BHU recruitments and admissions. And Allison's like, I thought you were in, and Mona, here we go. We've all been waiting for mm-hmm. this. Mona's like France. Yeah, that was great for a while, but eventually the reasons I was there, escaped me bum, bum, bum. so the, the drakes are just out there in the wind this is like how we're why why the fuck are we in portland <laughs> yeah i mean i get it but also i don't get it because like that seems pretty important like unless she's working for interpol at the end <laughs> well, so mona says uh so i came back to the states to devote my time to something that suited my talents and passion game design for hotchkiss hotchkiss i guess is a company yeah industry and or technologies yeah. also let's just say allison's whole affect during this scene where mona's trying to relate to her like a person is what the fuck ever bitch yeah uh, and allison's like i'm still not following and mona's just cutting that pie up and just really massacring it and she says uh-huh. then 10 months ago i was hired to refine their student and faculty process selection process and i did i did and i chose you so she's working for hotchkiss but then she's hired by Hotchkiss. Is this a lateral move? I it, It's like the school is owned by Hotchkiss Industries or something. Yeah. It's like Hotchkiss, Hotchkiss is like family. personal private school. It's bizarre. Yeah. Also, were they like, listen, Mona, it's been a fun 10 months, but your game designs are terrifying. <laughs> what if this is a, I don't know if you had this thought. What if this is like a serenity thing? Not not Serenity, the uh, excellent Joss Whedon movie, but the other movie called Serenity. Oh, I'm 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 seriously thinking of that. Like, like it, essentially what what uh, my colleague here is suggesting to the audience is some kind of simulacrum or an experiment. I think is one possibility. Um, like, wouldn't Mona design some sort of insane video game that's like open world? Game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm, like some I'm, sort of weird open it. world surveillance game. I don't know where you are in season four of that show, but I'm into it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where are we? Um, Allison says, you didn't think of telling me? And Mo says, would you have come if I did? Allison's just like, no, fuck no. <laughs> Mona kind of smirks at the honesty there. Ali sits down. Allison says, uh, oh, you think she says fuck here? She says something, but I can't quite make it out. And my first thought was she might actually say fuck. Mm. <laughs> I doubt it because it's a uh, freeform show, but still. Yeah. Mona says, I came here because I needed a fresh start. 
And it's a lot easier to earn people's trust when you haven't given them a reason not to trust you. But then I brought you here for some reason. Uh, <laughs> Allie kind of takes us in. And she's like, story of my life. Because this is, we're going to transition now to, to what Allie's side of the, you know, how'd you get here conversation goes. And Mona says, oh. And Allison says, Emily loves me. She just can't get past the past. What does that mean? It means we're what trying to f- we're trying to move on in a single scene. That's what it means. <laughs> Allison says, or Mona says, uh, I thought you guys were happy. And Allie says, we are. And then we're not. And Mona's just like, hmm, silent understanding. Allie says, it all comes back to trust. But I'm not giving up. I just moved to the other side of the country. <laughs> I want to leave the mean girl I was in high school behind me. I really want to help these kids. You're a TA. Well, also, I want Allison to be like, have you ever seen Frasier, Mona? I'm doing one of those. <laughs> I want to help these kids with, uh, you know, proper essay structure. Yeah. And maybe, maybe not enforcing the school's <laughs> plagiarism policy. <laughs> Is it plagiarism if you wrote all three papers? Very good question. Also, the plagiarism policy website page is fascinating. <laughs> the amount of times it uses the word kidnap is wonderful. <laughs> Mona says, and you will. I know it. Okay. Uh, Allie's not too enthused. Mona's grabbing some plates. Um, Allie notices uh, on the wall behind her, there's like a thing lit up with B&G on it. See, I don't know what you're talking about with some of your notes here. <laughs> Oh, the the box. Oh, the beacon guard. Okay. Yeah, the beacon guard box. Yeah, there's like this weird box on the wall. It's like this aluminum box with a glowing logo, BG. It's uh, beacon guard. As uh, Ali asks, what's that? And Mona says, that's beacon guard, the school security system. It's made BHU the safest campus in Oregon. Which, yay. Sure. Yeah, Ali says, sure. Uh, So... Uh, presence of Beacon Guard in the home of Taylor slash Allison would indicate that this is a residence on campus, I think we can say. Yeah, I would assume so. Otherwise, could you please get that thing the fuck out of my house? Yeah, I don't think anyone would ever put up with this, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mona says, "Mm, speaking of which, how about I give you a tour tomorrow? Now he's like, don't you have to work? And Mona's like, no, I don't actually work here. This is my cover. Um, (laughs) Mona says, oh, showing you around, making sure you fit in. That is my work. Okay. Mona's job seems pretty chill, right? I'd say so. Very. Mm-hmm. Well, she's Mona. I mean, I feel like Mona can make anything look very chill, uh, except for maybe uh, serving pie. Yeah, and then Mona's like, why don't you put the rest of the pie in the fridge? Don't want it to put, go to waste. Put this fucking dessert that I turn into a crime scene. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, It really feels like, get out of the room now, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Mona's smiling all, you know, innocent seeming being her bubbly self and as soon as Allie's gone Mona like turns to her reflection in a mirror across the room and like kind of like fixes her hair a little and then she says Allison's as determined as she ever was don't you think and so here's my question here that line doesn't that imply that the person on the other side of that mirror also knows Allison yes and responded so who could that be well, okay. I mean, potentially Alex Drake. Not necessarily. Whoever dropped Mona into this, they've got to know who Mona is. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot I'm, of. I'm shit not saying they episode. know who Allison is. I'm saying they know Allison. Allison's as determined as she ever was. Don't oh, you yeah, think? That's, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, in, in general, there's this air over the pilot of 
so-and-so half-heartedly semi-implies they know something of a person, and Allison goes, how the fuck did you know that about me? And it's like, have you heard of the internet? Google, bitch. I feel like you're pretty goddamn famous. Well, I mean, that, that you know, this is a uh, reality, uh, a cinematic universe, if you will, where Google does not exist, only website page does. So, Thank you, sir. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so- I don't know. Alex Drake... Um, I can't think of any of the PLL signing up for this, except maybe Spencer. Maybe. Spencer, Spencer would definitely join some weird, like Illuminati surveillance state, like extra governmental organization. Well, also part of me is just like, good luck to Caitlin's mom running for president when she's running against Spencer Hastings. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, but also, there's also the possibility if they get her to direct, can they get Hannah? But yeah, I, I, I could see but Hannah no, cameo, but she's, this isn't Hannah. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. And I mean, unless it's like Hannah and Caleb and they got bored of fashion and decided to like be like weird hacker people. Mm, sexy. Um, I know that I saw the thing. It was like, Ooh, episode two, there's going to be some like line of dialogue. That's good news for like Spoby and Caleb fans. And I was like, Oh yeah. Spaleb gets back together. Sweet. Um, Toby's the mayor now. Are you shitting me? So I saw somebody say that, that somebody said that I Marlene said that like on an interview or something like the other night, like doing, doing press. I don't know if they were joking or not. I'm going to say, it's true. what are we doing? Fuck the pilot. Let's yeah. just talk for next two hours about Toby as the mayor. Does he oh, wear a shit. sash the, the entire time? <laughs> oh shit. Who would the fuck would vote for this guy? <laughs> He's eventually going to get voted out by like a cat, you know, <laughs> with cancer. <laughs> Oh, Mr. Mins is dying. Mr. Mins collects far less salary and gets more done. Yeah. Toby's like, here is my platform. Twins. I did it. Yeah. A guy like me. Yeah. (laughs) I I knew the whole time. High five. I also built a quaint little stupid cottage over a subterranean lair. (laughs) Oopsie. Um, And regarding the scene between Mona and Allison, I just want to be the guy, sadly, who reminds everyone that once upon a time, Allison started dating her sister's therapist who worked at a mental hospital where her sister was engaged. That dude was a crazy British grifter who was also dating said sister. And then Mona fucking killed that sister. You're leaving out all the good parts. Allie once flew a plane with a mask of her own face on. I'm going to bring up a lot of reminders of who these two characters are, but Mm -hmm. uh, now they're having pie. (laughs) Hey, that's why age this, hits this us all concept, hard. That's why this concept is so fucking ballsy. <laughs> I, but I feel like I feel like the Allison presented here. It's like we want you to remember certain qualities of her. We want you to forget certain other qualities. She's, she's not as like kind of like brain dead. Like I hit on the head with a toilet uh, that like mm-hmm. the like you know season six and seven alley was. Like mm-hmm. she's she's a little sharper. But there's still that desire to like be like, oh, she's turned a new leaf in life. She's not a mean girl anymore. Well, it's funny. I noticed in our two sets of notes that uh, you and I pick up on the same quality of Allison in most of her scenes with new characters. And we uh, uh, we describe it very differently each time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next day we're on campus. Mona and Allison. Here's the part where my cat rubs against the microphone. Uh, Mona and Allison are going for a stroll. Allison's like, the Hotchkiss family really gives back. I was reading up on Hotchkiss Technologies. And Mona's like, 
Yeah, the owner, but I was like, the family practically built this place from the ground up. So they passed by a large stone monument for the Taylor Hodge. I really like, Garden. as long as we're going to exposition, I just want Mona to like pull down a, uh, like a, you know, like one of the screens for a slide projector and just be like, allow let me get my pointer out. I'm going to do a slideshow and explain to you Hotchkiss Industries. Here's their org chart. You know, So I watched a couple episodes of the original, of like the first two seasons of the original Roswell. Um, okay. the, it was, it was whatever. But like the thing that always fascinated me was that they actually did the thing towards the second half of season two where they would just do this kind of surreal intro to some of the episodes where a couple of the characters would just stand in front of a blackboard and like recap what you needed <laughs> to know before this episode started. It was I like, like it. I was like, I've always thought like, why doesn't the PLL just do it? Cause fuck it. Cause fuck you it. You could really um, get away with that on this show with the whole surveillance oh, thing. Yeah, seriously. Um, I'm surprised we don't have like person of interest like little like here's what the camera sees, and like little text box telling you what this person's backstory is and their stats. Um, so Taylor Hodgkiss Memorial Garden. Uh, Allison says, Taylor was Claire and Peter's daughter who died, right? And was like, she killed herself a year ago. The town's only suicide. What a she weird a detail. Yeah. The only suicide a, ever in the history of the town. This town's not real, man. Uh, she said, this, she was a lovely person. Her brother Nolan's in your class. He's, and Allison's like, wait. How did you know Taylor if you only came here after she died? And Mona's like, it's just I a read figure of speech. Her. Yeah, I read up on her. Um, she makes this little movement like she's remembered something fun to share. And she's like, oh, you're living in her house. And Allison's like, what? And Mona's like, don't worry, all new furniture. And she bounces off in a sunbeam. And Allison's like, what the fuck ever? Maybe this is why Allie's setup is so cush. Like, that's it's always been a dream of mine to come across a, a real estate situation where like that there was like a triple murder at the house I'm looking mm-hmm. at her apartment and it's mm-hmm. like yeah this would go for like 5000 a month but like no one will will stay here so we'll give it to you for like 1200 or something you know I'm just like sold I don't care about the ghost I'm taking it what if it was like or we'll give it to you for 900 um we didn't clean up the blood splatter I'll take it <laughs> it's just like dried handprints like I'm, like I'm good people- People, they like they were starting to write out. Help me! That's, that's thirty six hundred bucks a year, man. <laughs> Sweet. What if it was just like the same furniture too? Like they died in that bed. I'm like I said, I'm all all in. Uh, so the bell actually rings here. Yeah, that's weird. The college campus. Okay. Yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we get to Allison's classroom where <laughs> this shit kicks up a notch. <laughs> There's a lot of technology going on here. Oh, I should say, too, like watching the, the episode the other night on TV, when Mona started talking into the mirror, that's when I was like, OK, that's when you yeah. felt it move. Oh, uh, yeah, it, it, it moved for sure. I was like, OK, you still got me. Mm-hmm. I'm still here for this. There's not enough Mona in this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, as the the tragedy of Mona is that there's never enough of her. Seriously. Well, I. So we didn't mention she's wearing these like insane, like tight pleather pants in the previous scene her 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 fashion i think is realistic like to like it's mona so it's like surreal aria but it's like also mona a few years later into her 20s like it's it's mona as a professional yeah yeah it's real it's it's mona well i think um, this, I don't, this, this is the problem with uh, the ava character is that she's supposed to be the fashionista and yet ali and mona are both like blowing her off the screen with their fashion choices well they're also adults so yeah 
Um, and they're they're adults who have who've taste. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, they're they're basically dressed like Rizzoli and or Isles. I don't know which is which. Um, All right, well, let's talk about this technology here. <laughs> We're in a, a lecture hall. There's, uh, I don't know, maybe 100 students here. Maybe. Um, it's a big, big arc of like four or five rows, you know, half circle. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty nice campus. This would be a fun place to attend. Allie is the TA, and yet she has a class this big, which is weird enough on its own. Uh, the professor's nowhere to be seen. They've right. Everyone has like a special Beacon Heights laptop, which kind of looks like a MacBook Air, but it's a little darker. And it has like this Beacon Heights logo on it. I guess they're school issue. Mm-hmm. And Allie, Allie has like this dumb thing where like she has this little tablet and pencil on the podium and she si- writes her name on it and it appears on everyone's laptop. <laughs> this is like, man, EdTech is such a fucking scam. But mm-hmm. like I could totally see some school blowing just like millions of dollars for this stupid shit. Well, like, do the students have a choice in these laptops? I feel like it's like built into your tuition. You have to take the fucking laptop because they're also going to monitor it, right? I mean, might as well give you tech that we can monitor. We're monitoring shit. I mean, I guess a lot of people would end up doing that just because it's free or whatever. But like, yeah, like I would never want to use this computer. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like I can't search for certain things on the website page or it just blocks me and says access denied. No. Mm -hmm. Um. So anyways, this is bonkers technology. Uh, Allie, she says, I am Allison DeLaurentis. I am Professor Granger's new TA. And then she writes her name and appears on everyone's laptop. Welcome back to school. Your summer assignment was to read a book by one of my favorite authors, Agatha Christie. Without the reading taste of a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. This, this takes conservatively three days to read. I mean... I was kind of weirdly like kudos. This is actually the cover that they see on their thing of the mass, the current mass market paperback version of the book. But so it's fall. I guess, I guess we get several mentions of what the students aspire to do summer. Yeah. Is that, is that five seasons from now? Is this like, I don't know, like a summer session, like maybe the second summer session of the summer break. I don't know. It's weird because it's like, it's fall and yet it's also summer at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah I, so I, I would love if I could go to college and read Agatha Christie books. Oh, that'd be wonderful. I mean, there are deeper themes beyond just like, is it okay to murder a murderer? There are things you can dive into and get into and have some juicy conversations. One might about. say that's it's not also, even the main theme of the book. No, exactly. It's also a basic book club fair. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, like, I don't next know. week we're reading it. <laughs> but I, uh, I half expected her to whip out Ezra's book too. <laughs> Some ostinato for your ass. I asked you all to read ostinato. Do you get a look at Can this you... this dude? He's next to Dylan, uh, to the right of Dylan. He's got like this crazy bleach hair. I don't know. That guy's got a yeah. look. Um. If you look at the seating chart, you can see that there has the names of all the characters. I mean, we could count. I was really disappointed that uh, Benjamin Light and Marco Sparks were not included there. I feel like they've turned their backs on us. Um, But you can see the members of the crew, like Sean Devine and Adam Reamer, are there. There's a guy named Sam Tell. (laughs) Um, So Lee Johnson, I think, is who you're referring to. That's right. We're going to the names. Can't hide from us. David Storm is a student. Fuck yeah, who's David so Storm? So what I'm wondering is, do they have assigned seating, which would be the just complete bullshit to have in a college classroom? Or does her Allie's magical tablet here, like, 
know the who's laptops. sitting where by their laptops. Yeah. I, Which I, would I, be like, kind of what a gross waste of resources if that's what it's for. And creepy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I kind of wonder. But also, uh, might as well get into it now. My hero in this class is Luz Cozano, who sits next to Ava. <laughs> She's the one that a lot of people, after the, uh, the, the one teaser, were like, oh, who's this girl? Who's <laughs> just an extra? <laughs> All right, let's get through this fucking scene. Um, <laughs> we're an hour and a half yeah, into this. <laughs> Allie says, and then there are none, tackles many complex themes. And I'm interested to see what you guys think. Who wants to go first? And shoots up. Allie checks the uh, name on her magical tablet and says, uh, Dylan Walker. This is a pilot, so I'm going to be saying names a lot. And mm-hmm. Dylan says, I was really struck by the idea of isolation. Justice Wargrave deliberately picks th- this remote location so the characters can't escape themselves. Right? It's part of their punishment. And Caitlin's kind of like watching, kind of like listening to Dylan. She's kind of like, I don't know, nodding along, like, ooh, good point. Mm-hmm. And Allison mm-hmm. says, incisive. I agree. This is not what college is like. Uh, Dylan <laughs> says, thank you. <laughs> Ava, meanwhile, is uh, she's like typing away on something we can see something like green on her computer screen. She's obviously not doing what she's supposed to. I don't know if you have all this tech, can't you like lock their screens or, you know, limit what they can do? I don't know. If you can push things to it, can you not like pull up their desktop? Yeah, you'd think so. And then yeah. just like really embarrass Ava by like, Oh, here's the bikini pics or whatever. She's editing for her YouTube page. I think that'd be an HR violation, but yeah. Uh, no. So Allie notices that Ava's not, you know, paying attention. She calls on her from her scene chart. Ava Jalali, Olivia Jade, is that you? Uh, <laughs> and Ava's a little caught off guard. She says, "Um, I think Dylan's always right." Allie's just like, like, "Really, bitch?" <laughs> is it? Are they sophomores? Very good. They can't question. be freshmen. They, yeah, they ha- can't be freshmen because it's the same deal as last year. Yeah, they they must be sophomores, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I feel like it comes up when they when the show gets renewed. Yeah, everybody kind of laughs, and then Allison says, "And," and Ava says, "Well, there were some, there were some, and then there were none." So it's about the dichotomy between something and nothing. And he's like, "Wow, nice try." That's I don't know. I feel like that that's a good summation of uh, academic talk there. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody laughs again. Ava says, I spent the summer growing my YouTube channel. It's how I pay for my, for tuition. So which, Allison says, great, great. Now get the fuck out of my class. Yeah, really? Yeah. It's like, that's, that's touching and all Ava, but do the fucking reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allie says, I get it, but you're going to have to come to class more prepared. And Ava says, of course it won't happen again. Then Caitlin puts up a hand. Allie calls on her. Caitlin Lewis and Caitlin says the author wasn't subtle. She named a character justice. No, she didn't. Oh. It comes down to, well, is it okay to murder a murder? That is not what that book is about. I uh, mean, is she, is she being very dry? Is she being dumb? Also her scene chart does say Caitlin Park Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. There were um, so many things that I would strip mine from the perfectionist books. Mm-hmm. Lots of great, great juicy material. I don't know why this scene, this conversation of all possible conversations made it. Especially since it it doesn't. Oh, shit. Sorry, I can't really attack the microphone. It doesn't make as much. I mean, it, it the theme that they're inventing makes sense for the show. It's not found necessarily in the text of the book. I mean, I get why you would but make it, it a book as opposed to like, let's watch this 
1945 and or 1966 movie. But like Nolan's but, not a murderer. So, yeah. you know, like, I donh- uh, anyways, Ali says, uh, interesting. Do you think it is? And Caitlin says, if someone hurts someone I love, then yeah, I'd hurt them back. And we pan over to some dude bro sitting next to Caitlin with his arm around her. This is all American Patrick Bateman Jr. It's Nolan Hotchkiss. He says, well, don't worry about me, babe. No, no one's going to mess with me. That's better. That's you're getting it there. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't even doing a voice. Sorry. Oh, I see you're getting that. I think what I what I think I picked up on there and what you're trying now is include a little bit of Poochie. Okay. Yeah. Well, see, now it's in my head. Uh, <laughs> students all laugh. Allie looks him up on the scene chart. It's like Nolan Hotchkiss. What do you think of the book? And he shrugs and he goes, Payback's a bitch. More laughter. And he says, Characters got what they deserved. Allie's just smirking at the naivete there. And he says, they did terrible things and they got terrible things done to them. I thought you'd appreciate that worldview, Miss De Laurentiis. Bum, bum, bum. And they just like mm-hmm. stare at each other for a while in the middle of class. And like every, all their main characters notice. They're like, hmm, that's weird. Yeah. Testing that metal. But also, I feel like there's got to be a like, oh, thank God. She's only calling on that side of the classroom. <laughs> yeah. Nolan does not have his... uh his laptop even open, which I feel like is the right move. This is my, I forgot this is my other like nitpick or not nitpick, but just like weird complaint about this. Taking notes on a laptop is terrible. You should never mm. do that. Use a paper and pencil. You will absorb the information much better. Mm. You think of such a forward thinking, uh, you know, school like Hotchkiss Beacon Heights or whatever would know that. So I've just been mainlining the office again. And I was just thinking of the, uh, the episode where Michael goes to Ryan's business school and he's talking about how like paper will never die. And then it pans over to all the students typing away on their laptops. Yeah, I know a lot of kids do that now. It's terrible. Use a pen and paper. There you go. Uh, so we cut to an exterior shot of Thorn Hall to show that we've moved on to the end of class. <laughs> the bell's going to ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're back inside. And Allison says, for tomorrow, I want you guys to write a three-page paper exploring how you relate to the characters in the book. Which, what the fuck tomorrow? does that Tomorrow? What? Fuck that. Oh, how do you relate to the characters in this book? Uh, anyway, she says, have a good day. Everyone's gathering up their shit. They're leaving. But Allison stops the man of the hour. She's like, excuse me, Nolan, why do you think I know about payback? Because I do. And she's like, he pauses to consider his answer for a moment. He's like, my mother's going to say that you're here because you remind me of my sister. It's more than that. And she's like, well, what the fuck does that mean? So he kind of walks off because he's a cool guy, pop collar. Um, I, I feel like they needed the CGI like sunglasses just fading onto Nolan Hodgkins' face at the end of every uh, scene. So Allison turns back and she's like, no, seriously, she's wondering, like, what the fuck does that mean? He needs them but on also, the back of his collar. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, those people need to be put to death. The people who like they do the thing where the sunglasses are on the back of their head. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, who are you people? But anyways, Monsters. Allison has seen some shit. So this guy doesn't know what he's dealing with. Um, so Every outside, time I was assigned a paper in college, it was like, here's a, a, a printout. There's like six different topics you can choose from. And it's due in like six weeks. Mm. And you're like, I will, I will be there six weeks. Yeah. I will not attend class until six weeks from now, because that's how I do it. Cause we don't take roll. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a seating chart. <laughs> but it's like, Oh, it's due on uh Monday the 3rd, well, on Saturday the 1st, I will start thinking about this. Exactly. Thank you very the much. Brinks, the brinksmanship. That's how you do it. Um, so outside Thornhall, 
Nolan's walking out with Caitlin and Ava and Dylan. They're exiting as well. And Nolan says to Caitlin, I haven't been able to get out of dinner, so I need you at my house no later than seven. Caitlin's like, well, I'm already See, coming. I feel like you're, you're searing into some Patrick Bateman now. Am I? Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's not terrible, I Ava, guess. Ava, don't just stare at it. Eat it. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm now I'm trying for Patrick Bateman, but instead I'm getting whatever his character was in uh, Shaft. Oh God, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm too in my head of this Nolan Hodgkin. So Kane's like, "Well, I'm already coming to your mom's welcome back to school party, and I told you I have plans tonight." And he's like, "Then cancel them. You know how much I hate being alone with them." And she's like, "Yeah." He's like, "I can't imagine anything that's more important than you showing up for me." He's like this mischievous asshole. But he's like, "Can I?" Caitlin's like, all right, yeah, I'll I'll be there. So the group comes to a stop. They're about to go their separate ways. They need to get their marching orders. And Dylan's like, oh, or no, it's like, oh, Dylan, same arrangement as last year. You'll do the papers for Ava and me. And Dylan's like, uh, I can I can cover yours, but I can't do Ava's work. And no one looks at him like he just, this this does not commute compute to him. And Dylan's like, well, I'm trying out for a summer symphony chair. And Ava's like, summer Dylan, symphony chair. That's a lot. So long time from now. Yeah. That's potentially three seasons from now. Uh, Ava's like, Dylan, that's awesome. That's everything you've ever worked for. She turns back to Nolan. She says, don't worry about my paper, Nolan. It's fine. Well, I want to Nolan- point out real quick. Ava says this after like a beat of a couple seconds. Like it isn't, she isn't immediately like, no, 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 don't write my paper. It's like she really has to think about it for a while. My head canon is that Dylan does not care for Ava. I, you would think, yeah. For for there's a couple of in in text reasons why that might be true. But I think uh, I think Caitlin does not care for Dylan. Ooh, now we're getting juicy. What does Ava think of Caitlin? Uh-huh. Well, what does Ava think of Caitlin? Because <laughs> Nolan kisses Caitlin in this yeah. scene with Ava yeah. standing right next to her. I've got a lot of jam, babe. What is going I- on? Why is Ava cool with this? What you're saying is if these four characters just went in a room and fucked it out. Maybe we wouldn't have these problems. Uh-huh. Ava I mean, is for some reason is totally fine with like, oh yeah, that's Nolan. That's my secret boyfriend. He has to pretend to be dating Caitlin, who he used to date, so he just kisses her sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And holds her up to the world like my perfect, my perfect sexy baby. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm still I'm a soul way on Caitlin, except for the thing of justice. Anyway, so Nolan cuts her off and he's like, Ava. He turns it down. He says you are the smartest guy I know. You'll figure it out. You always do. He turns to Caitlin. He's like, don't be late. So she's like, mm. So he gives Caitlin a kiss. He bounces. Caitlin has a smile on her face for the for the kiss. And once he's gone, it drops. And Ava's like, I have to get to class. And Ava takes off. So it's just Caitlin and Dylan who are pissed. Caitlin says, really thought things would be different this year. And Dylan's like, why? Because of Taylor? You were there. I mean, you... You even cried at her funeral, which again is exposition meant to give you doubt because why would you talk like that? Like you don't need to remind people that people are dead if you've been to the funeral. Yeah. Well, it's also this, this shows doing a thing that the book did not do, which is like, Hey, secretly Nolan's a good guy. Mm -hmm. Like we're going to get to that later. But like, why? I'm not sure. Yeah. Which I will say I will take because I would much prefer that. As opposed to like, oh, that Nolan Hodgkiss, he's gluing butt cheeks together or whatever. <laughs> he's giving people swirlies. Well, let's kill him. Yeah. Uh, so by by the way, Caitlin, uh, Justice Wargrave's first name is Lawrence, not Justice. Thank you. I didn't feel like it needed to be said, but I'm glad you said it. Why oh, does she think his name is Justice? She's supposed to be the smart one. So Caitlin's like, Dylan, um, 
whatever Nolan has on you, if there's anything I can do to help, and Dylan's like, we're just fake friends, all right? We just hang out to make it look like he has the perfect posse, which do better, Nolan. This is not the perfect posse. So Caitlin's like, so what? We just don't talk to each other when Nolan's not around. And he kind of smiles like, eh, maybe. <laughs> he starts to kind of like drift away. And he's like, you know what? I got to go. I just found out I have three papers to write. So she watches him go. She's stewing a little. We get a high up shot, like looking down on Caitlin there in the quad or whatever. And we see that this is all being observed by the beacon guard CCTV cameras. And then we see Caitlin walks off wherever she's going. So my theory is that after your your Mona and your Allison, and that's how it, the proper order should be, you know, I think we're supposed to think that okay, Ava's the next lead. But I feel like over time it's gonna become Caitlin. I think that's like the Spencer Aria thing. Well, we'll see, I guess. Because I, I feel like both of them have more hooks into the plot than Dylan does at this point. Mm. So elsewhere on campus. Yeah, it's Mona. She's walking, she's in her fashionable outfit there. And then just out of nowhere, Allie just like leaps in from off screen and grabs her shoulder. And it's like, Mona. And well, she's like, oh, Jesus, what the fuck? <laughs> and Allie's just like, Nolan Hotchkiss. Make a little smile from Mona. She's kind of pleased, perhaps, that things are working out as they should be. And she says, what about him? And Allie says, wasn't it like two years ago we were being all summer camp about talking about fresh starts and trust? And Mona's sighs. She's like, yes. Or sorry, two hours ago, not years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Allie says, so then who else did you tell about my background that you can't find on Google? Oh, uh, did you tell Google? Did you tell them? You know, just so I don't get any more surprises. Like it would be known public record that she did time for a murder. She didn't. Commit, seriously. Right? Seriously. Also, how fun would it be if in some of these fucking oblique, dumb conversations that she has to have with these new characters, if like Caitlin's saying something and Allison just cuts her off is like, you know, I did hard time, right? I did hard time. <laughs> I can do it again. I can do it Went hard. To the big house for murder. Mm-hmm. With people with like hand tattoos and neck tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they scissor in the yard in, in prison. And so Mona does the great thing that she always does when confronted. She uh, answers the question of the question. Says, what did Nolan say? And Allie's just like, oh, fuck this. She's like, you know what? Never mind. Mona kind of throws up her hand. Like, okay, you know, fine. I'll tell. She says, I didn't tell anyone. Especially Nolan. He's super smart, but he doesn't belong here. And Allie's <laughs> like, how so? Mona sighs and she's just like by my calculations he could be dot 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 dangerous first Allison's like what the fuck does that mean second good enough for me (laughs) she's like I ran some numbers on Nolan through the Valenzetti equation and it it just came back an onk symbol so watch out (laughs) also it just made me think how much better would this show be if Allison could like just curse constantly. Like she was the only one. That would be great. Yeah. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So, so like, none of the other characters can even do it. They're like, what the fork? Yeah. Mona says, uh, just try and stay away from him. And then she backs off and walks away. Allie's watching her go. Just like, what the fuck? And she looks over. And of course there's Nolan Hotchkiss, like the cool guy with the pop collar. Just kind of looking at her, making sure that she sees. Creep walking. Let's call it like, creep walking. Uh, Okay, so after commercial, it's daytime. We see out on the lake, there's some crew team rowing their boats. We hear them saying, pull, pull. There's a song playing, the opening line. I want to know the secret. I am ready to let go. Get me out of the familiar. Okay. A little on the nose. Then we're in Allie's new house. It's overlooking that lake. It's a pretty nice setup. Mm-hmm. I mean, she got the uh, somebody 
blew their brains out discount or whatever here. I mean, there's probably a camera on her toilet, but yeah, <laughs> other than that, it's a nice house. Sally's at her desk in like the little office area. Uh, she's grading papers. She's got a big cup of coffee. She's got a yellow highlighter. She's got glasses on because she's like farsighted already. <laughs> <coughs> uh, there's lots of size and consternation. You can see she's looking at Ava's papers side by side with Dylan's. So this is a day later, two days later. It's at least after class the next day. So it's at least 24 hours later. It could be more. Yeah. Oh, we should also mention she's like doing like the messy ponytail look. But just like a, a sweater over a t-shirt. Good look. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's doing some highlighting, noticing the suspicious use of the word meticulous in all three papers. Which never used. Never using three college papers in the same class. Look, Dylan, you just can't go around dropping tense at words like meticulous in all your writing. They're gonna know. Show me show me a college paper that doesn't include the word meticulous. <laughs> uh and uh yeah, Nolan Hotchkiss's paper is also in the mix there. Uh, first sentence in Nolan's paper, it's uh, implied that he knows that justice is the title, not just the fish. Allison, uh, she's got the uh, BHU website page open for plagiarism <laughs> that she's reviewing. Um, therefore, if you copy and paste, you are kidnapping the work of someone else. Yeah, it really wants you to know that the word has roots in the word kidnap. Think about this. Are you kidnapping Princey's copying someone else's work and claiming it as your own? You fucking kidnapper. (laughs) Oh, God. So none of these descriptions here. Are you copying someone else's work? Are you intentionally Mm -hmm. copying and pasting to save time? Are you using someone's word that should be work without crediting them? Using an idea which came from some other source. So I guess Ava and Nolan could get in trouble for this but why should dylan get in trouble well he's a conspirator co-conspirator do they have those for plagiarism like he he hasn't done any of these things let's get real here colleges are going to take plagiarism more seriously than they take sexual assault so i have no idea i'm pretty sure they like like run them through a computer i think that's how Mm -hmm. it works these days Mm -hmm. to like it does like a search of you know like known i would argue that they are they are different enough that it's like she's aware, but like mm-hmm. she really has nothing. Yeah, to, come on, Allie. Be cool. I mean, like she can maybe try to sweat these assholes, but they're also, also, she's not really sweating them. She's just like, let me help you. And they're all like, uh, no, no, mind your own fucking business. And Allison's like, I don't know the meaning of the word consent here. <laughs> I'm going to get involved, even though I'm going to grouse about it the whole time. Yeah, so she's figured all this shit out. She takes off her glasses, rubs her temples, because this is a lot to process, and who boy. Um, so she gets up. She goes like a box of shit on the shelf nearby. On top of the contents of this box, there's a photo. Next to the box, she sees a small tear in the wallpaper that's falling, and so she tries to push it back up. That's not going to work, so it just falls again. So she places that frame photo she was holding in front of it on the shelf slash mantle, and guess what? It's a still image of her and Emily and the Wren babies from Till Death Do Us Part. But it's like ago. so weird how like in the far shot you can kind of tell it's Shane Mitchell, but mm-hmm. in the more but it's like at an angle. And then like when it's closer up, there's like a big old glare on that side of the photo frame. So you mm-hmm. can't tell that it's Shane Mitchell. It's so weird that like you wanted to put in a little like reference, be like, oh look, it's PLL. 
but like you made it so you couldn't even see the actor. It's you know very what strange. I, you know what I didn't look at at all in this show, and I guess you have the you have it in front of you, right? Uh huh. Does she have a ring on? Who, Allie? Yeah. Oh, um, good question. I'll have to find a an angle. I never on that. once looked because send your hate mail. I don't give a shit. Okay, let's see. Um, uh, yes, yeah, she does have her ring on. Okay. Is it is the problem with this? Because especially if you don't think that you can get YouTube star, real life Ava Jalali, Shay Mitchell on your show, you're basically saying that this character can never have another love interest. No, I think I mean, uh, in, in there was a article or an interview on Refinery29 by friend of the pod, uh, Caitlin, about about this uh, thing. She talked about Marlene, and Marlene said there's some verbiage of um, finding new love. So that seems mm. to imply that uh, it's over. New love for herself or for new hate from the Emerson fans. But the problem is the show and the marketing are, are falling back into their same abusive habits of like, ooh, what were your favorite ships? Who gives a fuck? Who well, gives a fuck? You care about a ship when, like, you got to see it develop, you know? Like, oh, the, the the best ships in, in TV, in my opinion, are the ones where it's like, these two characters are not at all together. They're not on each other's radar at first. And it's mm-hmm. like, it kind of builds over time, you know? And, like, mm-hmm. there's that unresolved sexual tension thing, and you're rooting Ooh. for it. And, like, that's how the ship starts, is people just root for it to happen because they like the chemistry. Like um, you and I. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah to just, like, have, like, Here's a bunch of ships. Which one do you like? It's like none. <laughs> what if it was like season one of the show? It's like episode 15 or 16. You just got like a cool guy with like shoulder length hair. And he's just like chilling against the wall being like, hey, what's up? Can I update the apps on your phone? Huh? <laughs> Get you some like bootleg ringtones. <laughs> um, you don't even want to know. But of course, I'll tell you in a little bit like who who the ship I'm rooting for in this fucking episode is because I'm a masochist. Um, is it Mona and Allison? No, I don't think Allison can handle Mona. Okay. Yeah, I said it. Um, All right. We should move yeah, along. So, it's been over an hour. Yeah, there's another shot of, of Allison, or another photo of Allison, presumably with the other older Ren babies. And so she looks at it. There's feelings. There's memories. It's complicated. Meanwhile, in Dylan's kind of massive dorm apartment. This is an insane dorm room. Also, way too decorated for college. It's massive. And but also... Like, He's Not there's there's a lot of conversation. Of, yeah, there's a lot of conversation about how his boyfriend's moving in with him, which I guess because it's a same sex thing, the college like wouldn't know. But like, I'm pretty sure they don't normally just let you move in with your SO. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. they, they, they found the loophole, but I don't know. This isn't even like he has R-A a couch and like a living sides. room. Yeah, he has a living room. He's a fucking living room and like things hanging on his wall that aren't like clipped posters. Um, yeah, this is like bigger than like an RA um, place. So no, RA just gets a single. They don't, they don't get like a big place or anything. They get that one of those great rooms where like the door opens and the door hits the bed. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to shut the door to get to the dresser. Yeah. Um, so Dylan's passed out at the counter on top of an open textbook and a book about Apollo 11. His boyfriend, Andrew comes in and sees them. Boyfriend picks up one of the pieces of paper nearby Dylan's head and is like, looks at it and sighs. And he comes around the other side of Dylan and he sighs and he's like, why do you keep doing all this work for Nolan and Ava? And Dylan immediately wakes up and grabs the paper back and stares at it and tries to act normal. And Andrew says, you've been up all night. Where were you, Andrew? Um, Dylan's like, oh, I was just helping some friends with their homework, you know. And uh, Andrew's like, 
like you did with their lit papers. Now you're working on their history assignments. This can get you expelled. And Andrew, as if this is an explanation, is like, I offered. All right. Dylan says that, yeah. Or yeah, sorry, Dylan says that. My notes are all wobbly here. Um, they had a project they needed to finish, and I I mean I offered. No so. one would ever do that. No. No one would ever be like, hey, I'll write that paper for you. No, fuck you. It's not college. Without, not without more sex as a transactional thing. A Maybe. lot more, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so Andrew takes Dylan's hand before he gets up to like, you know, it gets too wound up. And they hold hands for a moment and then they like, like Andrew kisses Dylan. He's like, too bad we can't fuck because we're men on the show in freeform. Um, and Andrew's like saying, and they yes. get pretty close on this show. Well, I, I'll say later on they do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like saying yes to us was the best decision I ever made. But, but is I, it me or is that line like weirdly arrogant? I can't. I, oh, I, I'm sure. not sure if I'm predisposed to dislike this character or like something about that line. I was just like, okay, dude, you little fool of yourself. Yeah, this dude's an asshole. I don't know what this dude is, but he's, or I guess he says architecture, but yeah. asshole. And Dylan cuts him off with like, when I came to college, I promised myself that I wasn't going to get serious about anybody, all right? The day that I met you, I knew that was impossible. And Andrew like chuckles. He likes that. He kind of like rubs, like knows like Eskimo kisses uh, Dylan, bites his lip a little bit. Andrew bites his own lip. Um, Andrew's like, I get everything about you except why you hang out with Nolan. He's such a douche. So Dylan kisses Andrew's cheek and then kind of like blue steals and backs off. There's well, Dylan's definitely ass. doing the like, I'm going to kiss you again to distract you and then I'm out of here. <laughs> he's not, he's got like this kind of pouty James Dean affect about him. Mm-hmm. So he gets he gets the papers and he runs off um, elsewhere in a fancy apartment. There's Caitlin looking amazing, naked in bed in a tangle of sheets, laying on her stomach and studying her textbook. <laughs> this is definitely how girls study. Yeah? You should probably talk here, but I just reflect. Okay. <laughs> Uh yeah, so Caitlin is butt ass naked with like the you know carefully placed sheet over her ass and cleavage and whatnot. Uh, oh. She's reading about some uh, some Latin here or whatever. A posteriori after the fact, a priori before the fact, a verbis. Uh, damn it! And then like shirtless British man struts in. I am not sure if this is the same guy from the first trailer or not. Like I don't know. I have to go back and it's look. It's hard to tell. Yeah, um, yeah. he kind of walks in struts over sets some coffee cups down he's got just like some they're not exactly sweats but these kind of like loose like pajama pants on there's shaved, some, shaved chest yeah there's some real posh post shag energy here what is this place too this is ridiculous even even for oregon this is like a million dollar home it looks like mm, it's like above businesses somewhere it's presumably like, it's like a center. massive loft that's probably like 2,000 square feet or something and he's affording this on a portland he's, rocket scientist he's like salary a, he's a rocket scientist for hotchkiss industries or i don't know what because um, because i guess elon musk wasn't hiring yeah Too busy is it about here. jeremy's work on the new fusion bomb yeah <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, Caitlin says, Jeremy, I blew it by going to dinner last night. Whoops. Uh, now I'm going to take this test and, uh, the British lover just kind of smirks at this, comes over, takes her textbook away, closes it, sits behind her, takes his glasses off and they kiss for a little while. And Caitlin's like, I need to ace this test. And Jeremy says, you ace every test except for British. Uh, and Caitlin says exactly. And he laughs and. And Jeremy goes over, gets her coffee cups, and brings hers. He's doing a lot of just moving coffee cups around. Also, you have a shirtless British lover. He can't explain to you the British legal system. 
that just no one a title. no one can explain the british legal system no, no one can explain to you the british political system that's fucking bonkers like the the legal system makes a little bit more. I sense. don't know if it does. My parents are constantly watching these British like crime shows every time I visit them. And it's always like, it's like they sit the witness in like the middle of the court. Yeah. And then like some random person will come up Which, and just be like, ladies and gentlemen, you should know that person is a right cunt. He's a goddamn liar. And it's just like, it's accepted. And it's like, okay, I guess what? that's how court is over there. What the fuck shows are they watching? I don't even know. It's so awesome. weird. What Britbox nonsense are they watching? Right, here's what you need to know. You have two different kinds of lawyers. You have, I think, the solicitor and your barrister. One prepares the case and one argues the case. I don't know why, <laughs> but the powder wigs. All right. Anyways. This, uh, is, this is textually important because Nolan Hotchkiss is uh, uh, spoilers for the season three of Broadchurch. He is three, two, one, a creep. Mm. Anyway, I'm sorry. So Jeremy says, look, you put so much pressure on yourself. I get that. I get that you thrive on this. What I don't get is Nolan. And Caitlin just kind of stares off, pondering herself because it's time for a flashback. 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 Caitlin's coming down the steps from an apartment. Presumably is Jeremy's. This is, I don't know, like not that long ago, it seems like. Like in the past few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, Nolan Hotchkiss is like waiting there for her in the dark wearing a turtleneck like he's uh, Ethan Hunt in the last uh, Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> I am the storm. <laughs> yeah. Caitlin kind of mini gas and laughs like, oh, of course it'd be him. And Nolan's just like, it's her second date with him. And Caitlin says, how did you know that? And he says, I don't care if you keep seeing your, he makes a ways of hand, rocket scientist. But to the rest of the world, you and I are still a perfect couple. And Caitlin's like, I- I'm not going to pretend to be your girlfriend. Why would I do that? No, seriously, why would I do that? <laughs> and Nolan says, because I'm with Ava now. So really, why would you do that? Like what? Also, she's like, figures. Yeah. <laughs> you know how my mom feels about her family. Okay. Caitlin says, that's so not my problem. Grow parents, stand up to your mother. She starts to storm past him and he goes, actually, it's your problem. She stops and looks back. He holds up a phone, showing her a picture. And he says, and Caitlin says, okay, why are you showing me a picture of my mom? And he goes, swipe. So she <laughs> swipes. And the next picture is like, you know, presumably her mom, like making out with a shirtless dude in like a 90 or something. And Nolan says, sorry that you had to see this. Your mom is cheating on your other mom. If this gets out, it'll end your mom's political career. Caitlin's like, you bastard. And Nolan says, I don't want to use this, but I will if I have to. I guess two moms. Don't always make it right. Boom. Mm. Is it really no, like you're willing thing. to bust out this level of blackmail just because you want this girl to pretend she's dating you so you mm. can date someone else? Yeah. I, I presume that this has to tie into some kind of machinations. Yeah. Like it's, there's a whole. It's like he's doing this all because he needs to like keep them in his orbit or something. Yeah. I'm sure there's like a whole strategy session with, can I, can I spoil with mm-hmm. Taylor? And he's just like, are you sure I need Caitlin to maintain my perfect girlfriend status? And she's like, yes. Also wear the tactile neck. It suits you. <laughs> <laughs> so in the flashback. Oh God. I mean, what's weird is that in the perfectionist, the novel, it's like they all have a grievance against Nolan Hotchkiss because he's like just a massive asshole who's wronged them in various I ways. Say, uh, 
uh, varying levels, but still all of them legitimate grievance. Yeah. Here it's like he's blackmailing one, maybe kind of blackmailing the other. And the mm-hmm. third one, he he just like broke up with her. He cheated on yeah. her. Yeah. Also, Nolan's the kind of guy that he makes that shitty line about the two moms. And then he just like sits there for a moment. Just like he's like he wants credit for the line. He's like, come on. I was uh, I was working on that in the car for like ten minutes. Throw it up. What do we got? Come on, fist bump, bitch. It's in flashback. We're back to uh, Jeremy and Caitlin. Caitlin has uh, found herself a, a male shirt to put on, so at least she's covered up a little. Uh, yeah. They're standing now. I guess she has now told him the whole story because he says, "Why should you pay for your mom's mistake?" So he knows. He knows about the blackmail. Caitlin yeah. says, you don't get it. My mom's going to run for president. I, I can't risk blowing that up. Oh, she's like the 21st uh, member of the Democratic Party to throw her hat into the primary, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and Jeremy says, well, then let me talk to him. I will find a way to convince Nolan to leave you alone and keep your moms out of it. And Caitlin says, no, I'll talk to Nolan and I'll set some limits. Okay. Like what, what exact kind of limits can he set? I don't know. Hand stuff. Yeah. Only hand stuff. Maybe some kissing. But hand stuff. So she kisses Jeremy and walks past. Jeremy looks back. He doesn't seem too pleased, but not that concerned either. He's British. It's hard to tell. Yeah, it's very dry. Uh, meanwhile, Noel his backyard with his pool overlooking Zoom the same lake that Allison House is also on. Do you think this is a... I would argue uh, now in retrospect. Sorry, go ahead. No, please. Uh, is it, do you think this is a hotel? Because like there's this American flag in the background for some reason. No, I think this is a real location, if I remember from the Instagramming, um, but it is weird. I just, I, okay. I'm wondering if it's, no, I think, I think the location might be a hotel. This is, this is supposed to be Nolan's house, right? No, I, I, think I remember, if I remember correctly from the Instagramming about the filming, uh-huh. I think it's a real location. Well, obviously guess, it's a real uh, location. No, but I mean, like, I'm sorry, it's a real house. Okay. Is what I'm saying. Um, I'm uh, just not using my words to express my thoughts. And I think they probably were just stuck with the dude having or the okay. person having a, a flagpole. Because, yeah, it's a weird touch. That's the part I zoned in on, too. I'm patriotic. Um, yeah, on this lake. Also, it's in retrospect, this is maybe like a small pool for this estate. Yeah, I mean, I mean how big of a pool like do seven you need? Times size you live in Oregon, you know? I mean, if you're just fucking in the pool, I guess. Is it so, heated? That's a good question. Um, this is also when, uh, what's his name was visiting the set. I thought he was going to show up in the mm-hmm. show. Um, it's the same like that Allison's house is also on. We see Ava's in like a, in like a lounge Maybe chair. Off pool. screen, he's just holding Nolan's towel. <laughs> he's, he's lunching with Claire Hotchkiss. If she does lunch, do you lunch Claire? And she's like, bitch, of course I lunch. I invented lunch. I'm always sure about lunch. Um, so he's, She's like working on her laptop. She like her laptop on a stack of towels. Ava is as she like wears like a robe around her swimsuit. Um, Nolan's strutting over in his swim trunks. Again, there's that big American flag. Ava's like, you know, I feel bad about Dylan doing my work. We're all under enough pressure as it is. You don't seem like you feel that bad, Olivia Jane. <laughs> yeah, she's like, as I'm not even doing work, school work here at all. And like Nolan sits on the lounge chair beside her, and he's just like. Pressure is what BHU is all about. Besides, you need more time to do whatever it is you're doing right now instead of paying attention to me. And she, we see her on the laptop, or what she's doing on the laptop. She's working on some like, coding and that her YouTube page is there in the background. How many followers does she have? Okay, so she's got like 137,000 followers. Um, if you look close, you can see, like you can kind of count like her views in the past week. 
at least from the trending ones that we can see there. She's mm-hmm. averaging, at least from what we can see here, about 70,000 views per day. Uh, back of the envelope math, if you factor in, like I said, SpawnCon and Patreon, stuff like that, um, she's might be pulling down six figures just from this. It all it kind of depends on what her CPM is and whatnot, but like she seems to be doing pretty well. Do you think there's an Ava Jalali Patreon? I mean, if she's bothering to do all this, why wouldn't there be? Okay. If she's this focused are. on her brand, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, theoretically, she's trying to do some spawn con. At what point does the school step in and say, like, you can't run a small business from, like, your dorm? Uh, uh, according to USC, never. <laughs> so she says, I'm writing a script that enables pop-ups on my channel to bypass privacy blocks. Sure. She seems pretty pleased with this. He's like, not. I'm modifying YouTube's code. Hold on a sec. This yeah. is the thing that I do. He takes the laptop from her and he's like, you know, you can hire people for the day-to-day stuff, outsource, which by your calculations, uh, he's dangerous and she can afford that. Um, she takes the laptop back and she's like, I'm not outsourcing my brand, okay? This is all on me. When people hear the name Jalali, I need them to think of me, not my dad. When people hear the name Jalali, I need them to think, oh yeah, that's the website that blocks, uh, that, that bypasses the uh, ad block. Well, That's, that's why that's I'm not the- outsourcing this. That's the YouTube page, which has fashion stuff that's probably not that discernible from other fashion stuff. Uh, I, I, this is where I admit my bias. I feel like I'd rather watch videos of people popping zits. Sorry. Um, Everyone so has their this, own weird YouTube kinks. Ooh, you like to watch people build chairs slowly. <laughs> like Mayor Toby. It's more like metal work. <laughs> Mayor Toby's just like, today we're going to build a uh, rocking chair and talk about filling potholes on main street. Welcome. (laughs) So this is a, this is a big deal to her. He gets that. So, so mention of her dad, you know, we don't know what the deal with her dad is, but she wants them to think of her, not her dad, which is interesting because it's like, as far as the book to the show, they keep that Ava's got a relationship with her father and then tweak every other aspect of it. Ish. Sure. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so this is a big deal to her. He gets that. He shuts the laptop, and he's like, they will. She seems pleased that he gets it, and she can see to like, set her laptop on the table beside him, have some personal time. And he's like, that internship at Vogue is a lock. Do you and need the like, internship? No, it's going to set you back. Yeah, really. You don't need to be in college right now. Um, she strokes his hair, and she's like, good, because I really want it. And he's like, I was born in this perfect family. I don't have a choice but to be the best at everything or at least look like I am. But you, you're going to be somebody. You're going to do it on your own. I respect that. That's how people talk. <laughs> That's Especially before fucking. And she's like, I know that you she's like, me. Now I, now I'm ready to go. You just got my motor going. <laughs> That's me getting wet. Um, they kiss and smile and decide it's seductive pool time. So she stands and takes off her robe. He does a uh, cannonball, which I find funny. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Nolan Hotchkiss wouldn't do a cannonball. Well, also interesting for you remember, okay, five years forward in PLL, it was like, we want you to know these characters are adults. They really fuck. But there was like, here's Aria, like, like booty short shots and like naked back. And, you know, Spencer was like, here's me and like, like boy shorts and you can see everything. I find it fascinating that as she takes off the robe, they like cut away to her immediately in the pool. Not that I'm like hungry to see Sophia Carson's like figure, but I just found it interesting that 
so far in the show, Caitlin's like more of the sexual figure. I guess so. Yeah. You know, like even like Dylan's on like laying in bed of like a like sheet over his like balls. Mm-hmm. Um, so she jumps in the pool, followed by him. We get a little mini montage of them cavorting and kissing in the pool. We see Nolan undoing and removing like uh, her swimsuit from behind. We just see the swimsuit floating in the pool. Yeah. By itself. Uh, and it's like, oh, yeah, they fucked. Uh, yeah. Later, Nolan post swim fuck is walking through his mansion while holding his towel. That's not a euphemism. No. Uh, so then his mother, Claire Hotchkiss, appears like on the landing up, upstairs in the balustrade there. Um, true soap, true opera queen. soap opera queen. Yes. <laughs> and Nolan sees her and kind of freezes like, oh, shit. Uh, he's like, Mom, what are you doing here? Did you happen to look outside? Because, ooh. Uh, and she <laughs> says, I met Miss Jalali on her way out. I didn't know you two were friends. She starts to come downstairs, and Nolan says, we have a couple classes together. And Claire says, she's very attractive. And Nolan says, she's just a friend. Boy, fuck. And Claire says, well, let's keep it that way. Who would say that? Uh, you don't need her family's drama. You're on the right track with Caitlin. And Nolan kind of looks aside like, ugh. And, he sa- and, and Claire says, oh, I spoke with Coach Wayne, and he wants you to lead an extra practice this weekend. Thanks, Mom. Coach He's like, Wayne. Uh, I want to talk to you about that. I might not crew this fall. Is, is, that, is crew a, a verb and a noun? It is a BHU where they yeah. strive for perfection. Uh-huh. And Claire says, but you work so hard to become captain. Why would you want to throw all that away? And Nolan says, because I'm taking on a full load of classes. I'd like some time for myself. It, is Nolan also a sophomore? Like I could see him being a great older. I guess it doesn't mm. matter because he's dead. Um, <laughs> and Claire's like, to do what? And he has you, like no answer to this. You know. Yeah. I mean, you just saw it through the back window. You can't just say like, uh, live my life. I don't know. Uh, Claire says, you can handle it, Nolan. You always do. And he kind of smirks and heads up the stairs. And then Claire says, oh, and I look forward to speaking with Ava at the party tomorrow. You'll have her find me? And he's like, yep. Why? Why would she look forward to speaking to Ava? She doesn't want her family associated with her. Well, is here's the just here's to warn the, her away? Like, Here's the fucking weird thing about how this scene is written, okay? I feel like it should have been like, I don't want her in this house. I don't want you spending time with her. I don't want you associating with her. Mm-hmm. But she's like, I'm totally cool with you guys being friends. And yeah. maybe I know you're fucking, but... Like you don't want to be like romantically linked to her, like in the papers. It's like, if you're going to do this mode, go all the way. <laughs> oh, and one more thing, Nolan, double bag that shit. Yeah. I mean, like, is she just like, Oh, I need some makeup tips from Ava. I've been watching her fucking YouTube page. No, she's not a makeup artist. That would make a whole lot more sense in the fashion thing, but yeah. Anyway, Claire, uh, as soon as Nolan leaves, Claire gets on her phone. She says, I want active surveillance on BH5. And the phone lady says, that's your son. Are you sure? And Claire says, I'm always sure. That's how I talk to my employees. I know. Not even hello. Uh, so after commercial, you get exterior shot of the dorms and we're inside Dylan's like dorm apartment. This scene does, should not be here. So I'm going to just plow through it here. Okay. Uh, he's playing some cello. For some reason, he's not using an iPad. Now he's using like normal sheet music. Uh, and he's Andrew comes in as Dylan stops. He's a little displeased, and he's like, "Ah!" And Andrew says, "Why'd you stop? That was beautiful." And Dylan says, "Uh, I stopped because that was actually terrible, and I'm not going to win this chair if I don't play this piece perfectly." Andrew says, "Andy will." He comes over to kind of comfort Dylan, rub his shoulders, and Andrew says, "I can already see you there playing with the Seattle Symphony. You're wearing a two-button navy brioni." 
and I'm wearing one too. And Dylan's like, of course you are. And kind of works at that. Andrew's going back to the groceries and he says, and then after your first concert, we're going to my boss's mansion on Bainbridge Island. And have you been there? I have. Yeah, we you, can, you can take a ferry there. We didn't go there, but uh, yeah, I've been oh. there. I don't know if there okay. are mansions there, at least not the place I was. Uh, mm. Dylan says, and who is this rich, fictitious, and generous boss of yours? Should I be jealous about this daydream? And Andrew says, it's John P. Hall, which is quite a name. It's John P. Hall, as in the brilliant Seattle architect who I've applied to for a summer internship. So you applied. Did you get the job, Andrew? Like, are you maybe counting your chickens before they're hatched? Andrew's the ego in this guy. Yeah. So mm. Dylan comes over to his boyfriend. And he's like, what? You did? Yeah, you applied, Andrew. Uh, Andrew <laughs> says, yeah, well, I've got to have something to do while you're working your way towards your first chair. And Dylan says, so you really think that I can do this? Andrew says, I really do. So this is a, a summer internship. Okay. Well, it, it's summer, like potentially yeah. a year from now. Also, I, I need this to do while you're working your way to first chair. Like he will be, it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, I, it makes summer. sense because it's supposed to be summer, but for some reason it's also fall. Uh, Pacific Northwest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you really so, think I can do this? I really do. They both smile. There is no reason for the scene to be in the episode unless John P. Hall is going to be really fucking important. You, and you have to assume if you're trying to squeeze out 10 plus minutes from this pilot, you have to presume that everything that they do keep is important in some fashion or just was. Did they just not think they had music. enough of Dylan and Andrew? I don't know. It's weird because yeah, it's maybe. pointless. But like the door upstairs in Allison's house, presumably that's got to be a big deal. Maybe only known to the patchwork girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so exterior Thorn Hall, Allison's having a chat at a table in the student center of Ava. Ava's like, I never had any kind of problem with my work before. And Allison takes off her glasses, ready to get real with Ava. She might as well like turn the chair backward, backwards and sit on it. She's just like, well, that's the thing. I don't think this is your work. This is an extremely layered and thoughtful <laughs> paper and you're a dunce. Um, look, at class, these, look at all these meticulous words in here. Yeah. The, the, not only is the word choice meticulous, the choice of the word was meticulous. Um, and in class, you admit you haven't even read the book. So who wrote it? Nolan or Dylan? I read your file. I know about your family. I'm really overreaching. Um, so I'm just a fucking TA. Yeah. I mean, so she's basically saying that. Excuse me. Hmm. Wonder what he's so I, had I had to cough. Um, she's basically saying that Ava's like a dumb dumb when it comes to like literary criticism. But also, this is some real amateur Bush League shit. These knuckleheads trying to pull off this like petty plagiarism scam on her. This is again, this is a woman who once blackmailed her runaway grifter lover into taking the fall on a kidnapping charge to get the heat of the cops off her back, and then she maybe burned that dude alive. Mm-hmm. But it, but Ava's maintaining this like icy stoicism throughout this, and she's like, so. And Allison's like, have the authorities found your dad? I really shouldn't be asking you this. <laughs> I fucking love that line. <laughs> yeah. Have the authorities found your dad? I think so. First of all, based on Twitter, I assume that you're podcasting while wearing a face mask. Thank you. Mm. Um, stay hydrated. Work on your pores. But also, like, per your comment on Twitter, I feel like what you want to do is you want to go up to a mutual friend, like, at a party when they're talking to somebody else. And that's when you interject. Hey, sorry to interject. Have the authorities found your dad? Oh, your new friend's leaving? Okay. Um, so he was like, man, smart enough to embezzle millions of dollars from his clients isn't going to be found. Everybody got that? Yeah. Allison's like, must be hard to focus on school. And Ava's like, yeah. I was like, do you have a support system? Maybe your mom? 
And he was like, my dad had to run. My mom, she chose to bail. It's weird so, that like Ali is positioned as a TA, but also like like camp counselor. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like here to talk about everyone's feelings with them. Your your TA does not care. Yeah. Not even Riley Finn cared this much. Um flashback. Flashback. Ava is what presumably her mansion, which also looks like part of the Hotchkiss mansion. It's not uh, the same only- building I checked. It just looks too similar because they both have these tall bay windows. Uh, theory, it's the a different room in the same house <laughs> where they filmed. Um it's completely empty, devoid of furniture. Uh, she's like talking to the world's nicest FBI agent. And we know because she's wearing a windbreaker that says FBI on it. Also, letters. she's wearing some massive like heel booty heel. things there, too. Also, I feel like TV has taught me that the FBI letters on the back are yellow, not white. But OK, this one's white. So the FBI agent's like, I'm going to give you one last opportunity to tell me where your parents are. I find it really hard to believe that they left you behind. And it was like, I told you, they left me with nothing. And since this is still my house get out so i guess she had so to F- sell the house or it got repossessed or something or are we just see ava just like chilling in an empty mansion that she can't afford she can't afford the heating bill i'm sure well, i don't know you're saying she's make six figures though i don't know what beacon heights cost in general I, Whatever. I, I think she says it's still my house so like they're gonna take it soon but it hasn't happened yet i don't know oh, i say if she does sell the house she's set for a little while at least you right? would think yeah uh anyway so, she's about to be set anyways because the fbi agent leaves and then ava like Wait. Well, no, no issue whatsoever. No follow yeah. up. Okay. <laughs> okay, go I'm on. out of here. Uh, Ava waits all of like 10 seconds to go find her secret stash of money. Uh, she, that's where she like hugs herself. And there's like a little panel under the bay window. She opens it up. There's a bag full of just like stacks of hundies in there. And she's like, the, the greatest note ever. It just says, I'm sorry, dad. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> you know what, dad? You're forgiven. You leave me that much cheddar. <laughs> Oh, that'd be nice. And flashback. Uh, Ava at the table of Alice, and she's done. But it's like a really emotional moment for Ava, apparently. The dad bailed and just left her a shitload of money. That's a bummer. Maybe she's like, it should have been more. You can afford to hire people and outsource your fucking brand. You really can't afford that. Um, So she's done ruminating in the past. Oh, have we mentioned that she's wearing uh, Mr. Burns like... uh, what was his vest made out of in the, the Be My Vest uh, sketch from The Simpsons? Puppies? Pu- like was fur? it puppies? Yeah, she's wearing like this crazy fur vest thing. Yeah. It's, well, I don't know. Maybe Ari would wear this. Maybe it was feathers. We really need like an Ari like peacock feather dress. Anyway, I, I so feel like Ari like, needs to coach Ava on her fashion. Oh, for sure. For sure. These, or at least Hannah. It's it's like the they were like, oh, she's into fashion. So like everything she needs to wear Needs to really say fashion. <laughs> it just looks goofy. It like looks goofy She's in a way. Like, all that, her outfits are goofy. Like it, it, it's. I know I probably use the word goofy a lot describing Arya in the first few seasons of this show. Arya makes one hundred percent sense to me compared to Ava. Like Ava, and they, they just all of her her boots and everything. It's designed to like make um, Sophia Carson look taller and I think more awkward looking. Especially since like I feel like the rest of the cast is all very short compared to her. Yeah, it could be. Um, so Ava's like, I have a party to go to. And Allison's like, Ava. But this is Ava getting real fouls. And she's like, you want to help? Leave me and my friends alone and just let this go. And Ava leaves. And Allison's face says, well, that's just never going to happen. So we get some instrumental music. We get some interesting chatter of the student center. Allison opens up her laptop, her BHU laptop, kind of looks around. She senses a disturbance in the force. Then we get a nice shot of like her in profile. And we kind of 
you know, rack to like the thing be outside behind her, which is Mona watching her, tracking her progress. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. So cut um, to some height. Height update. Sydney Park is five five. Sophie Carson's five four. Wow. Okay. That blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, Sydney Park is five five. Well, I feel like knowing that now I'm like one internet search creepily away from like Googling feet or something. Yeah. Speaking of good fashion, cut to Allie. You see her red stiletto. She's walking up a cobblestone path uh, or a driveway to this like fancy mansion as some ominous cello music plays. Allie's got like this kind of like navy lace dress happening underneath a uh, like a pink trench coat. Like it's a cool look for Allie. Like I feel mm-hmm. like Allie finally has a good costume in the show at the very least. Keep her in like this, like, uh, you know, like, like work, like, uh, Carmen Sandiego. Well, her, her and Mona both are rocking trench coats at one point or another in this episode. It's like, yeah, just, just keep doing that trench coats. Like it, it's what? like a cool, like it's you know, the climate demands, you know, coats and whatnot. Like it, it like the, you know, business with the trench coat on is it's good look. Yeah. Keep the trench coats. And if at one point either one of them lifts a magnifying glass up to their eyeball, I will um yeah, yeah so got the whole short skirt long jacket yeah <laughs> there's a song there uh-huh <laughs> so anyways there's some other patrons walking up in this equally fancy tire here Allie's in tide she's put her coat somewhere i guess uh scoping this swanky place out this is the same you hold my coat <laughs> <laughs> same uh big staircase like balustrades before mona is talking to some dude she says okay great it looks like i have you right here come on in she's like directing some other dude around um and i'm not convinced she actually works here no like are we sure she does no we're not have we actually seen maybe we will in the future but we have not yet seen claire hotchkiss interact with mona no and the fact that she refers to her lovingly later on is perfect for the grift if there is one and so mona spots ally and uh she says hey welcome to the welcome back party Try the champagne. I picked it myself. And Mona gives this really funny little smirk as she says it. It's, it feels very Bogart. Mm. And Alex, I would argue, I would argue that Janelle Parrish is the actor who shows up to this show with the most understanding of her character. Like she slips back into this with, like seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ali says, "This part of your job too." And Mona's like, "Well, sure." <laughs> she says, "Yeah, I got to keep my recruits happy and hydrated." So, hydrated so who's this party for? Is this for students or faculty or? everyone it's for schmoozing maybe mostly faculty but then for some reason abe is here yeah i don't know this is the kind of party you go to and then after a few drinks and it gets later in the night this is when who's afraid of virginia wolf happens <laughs> elsewhere on campus yeah so um ali grabs a fluid champagne mona gets interrupted by some rando that calls her away and ali's just kind of mingling she looks over in the next room and sees that dylan's in there playing some cello with a few violinists i really i want this show and it kind of doesn't accept what i really think they need to steer in it more like do the westworld thing where dylan's always playing some like pop song on his cello mm-hmm. yeah just like it's like really he's just the, doing paint it black all of a sudden you know it would actually well especially if it's like more pop like more poppy than than like paint it black like if it keeps the more current stuff and uh, I'm, I'm more into play play the big hits not, not the current stuff. That's what I'm looking I, for. I feel like you got to remember the show is not necessarily meant for us. Um, like but, modern music has no like hummable melody. So, well, we'll find out. I mean, I'm shocked that they did the PLL callback with Poker Face. 
Um, but yeah, I think that would be really clever. They did that. Anyway. Yeah, Ali says no thank you to some hoarders. And Drisorda look uh, through the bay windows there. This is the same location as um, Claire's office, apparently. Mm. Uh, so Allie's watching through the window down below. She sees Caitlin is in an argument with Nolan. Caitlin's like trying to walk away and Nolan yanks her back by the arms, concerns Allie. But then Claire Hotchkiss makes an appearance and says, it's quite a view, isn't it? And Allie turns, she's feeling a little awkward now. And Claire's just like, when she was little, my daughter used to love to sit up here and watch our parties. I'm going to mention her a lot. Yeah, yeah really. A disturbing amount. Uh, and <laughs> Allie says, uh, Miss, Mrs. Hotchkiss, I'm, and she goes, Allison DeLaurentis, Claire says. And they shake hands. Our newest TA. I've been really looking forward to meeting you. Your application for the scholarship, it just really spoke to me. Allison's like, so what the fuck does that mean? Scholarship to be a TA where you teach a class. Can you tell me that the chairman or whatever that the role here would be of the university knows every TA? <laughs> I call bullshit on that. Are are there any other classes besides Allie's class? You maybe know like because colleges are big organizations. You maybe know department heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, Allie smells a fart. She says, "May I ask why?" And Claire says, well, there are many reasons. Your academic record, your essay, <laughs> but we were really impressed with your journey from mean girl to mentor. You know what? We weren't. Also, I liked how under special skills, you included that you once clawed your way out of your own fucking grave. <laughs> uh, Allie chuckles and she says, I thought it was hard when I was a teenager, but oh, wait, it was harder when I was a teenager. Yeah, I flew airplanes with a mask my own face on, and my mom buried me alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, she says, uh, it's not- I, I lived in New York <laughs> for a while as an unaccompanied minor. <laughs> I wildly misinterpreted the character from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, uh, it's nothing compared to the pressure these students are under. And she, not, she should really just make text. a fart noise there. Uh, <laughs> I really hope that I can connect with these kids. I think I can help them as their TA. Uh, Claire says, that's why my daughter became a teacher. What? How old is Taylor? Yeah. I, th- that line like so confused me. I was just like, it seems like Taylor is like maybe a year younger or older than Nolan. At most. No, no, no. She's older. Like, if you she? look at the photo of them as younger, she's clearly older okay. than him. Maybe but it's just that Haley Aaron looks young. Haley Aaron looks very young. Yeah. And like, I want to say whatever soap opera she was on she may have played like a teenager and she can like she's got that that she's 24 she, oh yeah she could play someone she's 20, five, she could play a teen well there we go now we know Ooh. um he might be opening up a whole new fetish for me height um yeah i whatever just let me just work <laughs> another mention of my dead daughter dead daughter <laughs> dead daughter so was she a teacher at this school i guess was she also a ta uh, well, she's in the the beacon guarded house. Yeah, I guess. Was yeah. the scholarship just for like generic white blonde girls? <laughs> yeah, it was invented just for Allie, really. Allie's like, wait a minute, you mean I didn't get here on my merit? Shocking. <laughs> like degree I got out of like a Cracker Jack box to let me teach at Rosewood High. You mean my essay about how I sat there in a mental hospital nighty and watched my friends bury my fake husband? <laughs> Didn't give me so anyway, Allie makes another look like she smelled a fart. This is this is the Allie look. Um, 
and uh, Claire says, you really remind me of her. And she, Claire just kind of like nods for a while. Like she just kind of keeps nodding and it's getting awkward. And now it's just like, um, and it's like, you see her like adjust her face. Like, oh, I guess I should say something about your daughter. So she kind of like gets her serious face on and says, I'm really sorry for your loss. No parent should ever have to outlive their child. That's a cliche that's required to say when your child dies. Mm. And Claire said, Claire looks a little annoyed. She goes, we're still working through it. And then she puts on some fake cheer and says, but it's motivated me to do whatever we can to keep our students safe, even though she killed herself. Uh, and you should know, Allison, you're also safe here. I mean, nothing makes me feel safe like somebody telling me that I'm safe when I didn't ask about it. This is the fifth time that I've written in my notes. You talk about the farts. Um, I've written down in my notes five times. Allison's face says, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. It's like she smelled a fart. She's doing the Tribbiani. Yeah. <laughs> Claire fart says, smells. oh, and she pats uh, Allie's hand and says, I know you won't disappoint me. What the oh, fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. So she gives Allie another smile. It's it's not quite evil, but I feel like it could get there if you cross Claire Hotchkiss. And Allie does a little head tilt, watches her go. And I, I think she knows that like Claire is not to be trifled with. You know, it's like, watch out for that one. Also not to be trifled with? My love for Kelly Rutherford. Um, so down below at the party on the lake, Dylan walks out and sees Nolan chatting up with his boyfriend, Andrew. This is concerning for reasons. Nolan and Andrew kind of break apart. Dylan looks like sick to his stomach. So a little bit later, like Dylan catches Nolan by the outdoor fireplace. It's like no one's trying to walk past. He's trying to walk past like he doesn't see Dylan at all. It's like you're two feet from each other. Give me a break. Dylan's like, why are you talking to Andrew? And Nolan's like, relax. He was just saying how great it is since you guys moved I in feel together. Like as we've done this podcast, your Nolan has turned into Lucas. How fucking dare you? Just saying. That might be the rudest thing you've ever said to me. Podcast is over. Yeah. I'd rather be short in your eyes. Shouldn't Nolan be insulted? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, Lucas, Lucas. Lucas wishes. I mean, also, is Lucas poor at the end of PLS? Does he still have his millions? <laughs> and I, I, I have no money now, and I, I never even got like a sympathy fuck here's the cameo okay here's the cameo i'll accept because i just invented the terms episode nine or whatever episode uh the one guy wrote lucas shows up and he's like i don't know leva jalali i tried to invest in fashion before and i got burned <laughs> i got burned real bad <laughs> what about weird comic books um so He's like, uh, relax. He was just saying how great it is since you guys moved in together. I'm happy you too. And Dylan's like, you know what? Save it for somebody who believes a word you say. Well, you did ask me, Dylan. So, no. He says, ooh, you're hot when you're angry. So, like, Dylan's, like, stepping up in Nolan's face. And he's like, you have no idea what I'm like when I'm angry. I like how this delivery I, I liked from Eli Cash because it's like he says it awkwardly. Like, it's not threatening at all. It's kind of like someone who is a little, like, kind of emotionally on a Eli Cash on a yeah is that his name that's the actor's name right is his name Eli is oh, he like Wildcat oh. it's Eli something else Wildcat, Wildcat. <laughs> I wish his name was Eli Cash what is it it's Eli something right why would you say something is particularly not a genius <laughs> So that's why when I Googled Eli Cash, a picture of Owen Wilson came up. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I like his line delivery there. 
Yeah, he's he's good in this scene. <laughs> he's not as good as Luke Wilson would have Eli been. Eli Brown. You know what, Eli Brown? Change your name. Eli Brown. This is apparently his first acting role. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caitlin told us that. That's that's pretty cool, I guess. Um, anyway. Eli Brown's the guy that like everybody else in LA hates. It's like he he moved to LA and like a week later he's cast as like a starring role in a TV show. Yeah, he's not having to like sell stuff out like on Instagram like everybody else. Mm -hmm. It's just funny though, like you move to LA and then you move to Portland. Um, Anyway, so you have no idea what I'm like when I'm angry is the line that we've been struggling to get through. (laughs) No one like lightly holds up a hand to keep Great work by the cash. It's written in a kind of outdated vernacular. Anyway, uh, Dylan's like, keep messing with... Wait, shit. I have this all written down. Yeah, Dylan's. Dylan's. I'm trying to do an own voice for Dylan. Dylan's like, keep messing with my relationship, though, and you'll find out. So Dylan tries to like, walk away all tough, but Nolan just like, smirks, raises an eyebrow after him like, it's cute. Um, and they rode on in the Frisco leading desk light. So here's my thing. In the parlance of PLL, five years from now, like real time, people will be freaking out about how much they love this ship. What is this called? Okay, so it's Dylan Nolan, which that causes, creates all sorts of trouble. All I could come up with was no dill. <laughs> no dill. <laughs> which sounds like a weird like medicine. Dino? T- dino? <laughs> I mean, why not? Because, yeah. Also, I, I can't believe they actually did a Dylan and a Nolan. Like, those names are too similar to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with dino. Okay, because I was saying no dill sounds like it's something like you no take deal. For- like a like a like a penis pill mm. there's a y in there too anyway elsewhere in the patio claire hodgkiss has found a photographer claire's like oh photo op oh there you there good caitlin come over here she's like roping people in for this photo op what is like the sinister reason for the stupid photo op i can only assume that this photo is going to play out later and or claire hodgkiss knows that this is a tv show and these are the yeah. series records <laughs> Also, this is a weird eclectic group. Ava finally has on a decent outfit here. It's a uh, nice, like, kind of yeah. velvet navy dress. Yeah. Um, so, rope people for the photo op. Allie's, like, kind of, like, walking off for a glass of champagne, just observing. Claire's like, wait right here for the photo, okay? Where's Nolan? Oh, come here, sweetheart. Get here next to Caitlin. Ava, you come and get in this photo, too. So, Stillen's here, too, and Claire's, like, pulling everyone together. And, uh... Claire's like, what do we say? Crimson and white. And the photographer shoots and they all fake smile and laugh. Allison and maybe Claire also observes Ava trying to hold Nolan's hand, um, which is the shot from the trailer. He kind of pulls it away, tries to play it off casual so no one notices, but Claire sees it. She's yeah, watching Nolan. Claire definitely saw that and she's just kind of, I don't know. I don't know what, what her deal is, but she noticed. I feel like she's getting off on it. Um. So Tucker's like, oh, just a few more. And Claire's like, great. All right, everyone. Thank you. Which, okay. He just said, take a few more. Um, so everyone goes their separate ways. Allie hones in on Ava, who looks a bit like chasing by things. Ava, like, goes and, like, immediately tries to, like, talk to, like, a bunch of other people who they're just like, excuse you. We were having a conversation. <laughs> you can't just walk up here and say, did the authorities ever find your dad? That's weird. Um, but she's having to walk away from Nolan. Like, she doesn't know him, and she's hurt. Uh, so meanwhile, Caitlin... Looks fantastic in this dress. Okay. Am I wrong? I mean, she looks fine, yeah. She looks great. Um, so she's gone out to this path overlooking the lake. She looks around. She checks her phone. There's a, like Jeremy's calling. She doesn't really answer. She's hesitating to answer. And Allison comes up and she's like, hey, I read your paper. And as you read Allison's mind, Caitlin said, or read Caitlin's mind, Caitlin says, 
What did she say? <laughs> she says, oh, holy shit, you're just my TA. Relax, lady. Yeah. Um, instead, Allison says, your insights were quite provocative. Also, it's a title. You get that, right? <laughs> His name is Lawrence. I need you to know that or you're failing. Um, and Caden's like, please. She's like, oh, thank you. And Allison's like, I was so intrigued that I actually took a look at your file, which I keep doing. And it's totally out of balance for my role. Yeah. Uh, you're going to take your mom's Senate seat when she runs for president. And uh, I guess we can confirm that Allie's degree is not in civics. Yeah. Caden's like, well, that's none of your business. No, she says that's the plan. So they both nod each other with these like careful bitchy smiles. And Allison says, well, thanks for your work. I'm opposed to capital punishment, but you almost made me believe murder could be justified. So, somebody like, please remind Allie that she was an accessory to several murders. Yeah. Again, she did hard time. Just yeah. drop it right now, Allison. It'd be great. It'd be great. You'd totally throw this girl for a loop. Caitlin's like, maybe I was just a little too inspired by one of my own, my own fantasy to get rid of someone. <laughs> and Allison's like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> no. Now, Caitlin's like, kidding. This got awkward. And Allison's like, is your fantasy about Nolan? Caitlin just kind of stares at her. She's like, I saw you two arguing. And this is, again, getting way too involved in people's lives. This is what it looks like. Caitlin's like, well, you saw somebody else. We're totally happy together. And Allison's like, are you lying because you're afraid of him? Because I can help. Let's just say I used to be married twice. Yeah. So Caitlin claps bitterly. She's like, it would just make everything worse if you start asking questions. And Allison's like, look, I know a little about manipulation. I'm Allison fucking De Laurentiis. I used to be like Nolan. So I was cool. I can yeah, I can help you if you'll just let me, Caitlin. Like, pff, you don't get it. He'll do whatever it takes to make sure his mother continues to think that he's her perfect son. And Austin's like, including pretending that you're his girlfriend when you're, he's actually interested in Ava. Caitlin's speechless. They stare at each other for a while until Caitlin sighs and she looks away. And she's like, um, uh, <clears throat> I got to go. Just enjoy the party. Caitlin leaves and Allison like gives one of her knowing glances. So this is, this is like the real like new Hannah face. She, I feel like – yeah, Allie is doing this at the end of like almost every scene she has. There's this, but there's also like every time someone asks her a question, she's just like, I know the camera has to be on me until I open my mouth. But it's it's this look that's like it's knowing, but it's also yeah. concerned. It's like I'm I know, you know, I'm on to you, but I'm also concerned at the end of every I, scene. I think it's best epitomized in the uh their watching shot. Yeah. Like you really get like good Allison. Like you could actually hang that on your wall. It's a pretty good image. Um, also, real quick, was it me or there's this line here? He'll do whatever it takes to make sure his mother continues to think that he's her perfect son. What a weird sentence. Yeah, well, is it just like just keeps going? Yeah. All right. Again, it's a question that'd be like, well, what does that mean? So I cut so to a mossy staircase leading down to a reflecting pool. This is a cool location. I hope they have more of it. It's a very cool location, but this has to be a different house than the house with the pool on the lake. Uh, probably, yeah. I, I mean, like, they're so. so weirdly different. This reflecting pool is like eight times the size of the, the fuck pool. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, definitely the place Allie is with Caitlin looks like it's at the same pool place. The, everything at the party looks like the same place. The like uh, Ava get-together afternoon looks so different. But... This pool, this house is everything, including access to the woods, woods, which are full of secrets and dead zones from sentient surveillance systems. Yeah. So that is where we see Nolan going. He's kind of looking behind him, checking to see he's being followed. Uh, we do see that Mona is nearby on the other side. She's like showing a couple people around. She spots Nolan. They leave. 
Mona's watching watching Nolan by herself, sipping on some red wine, which is interesting because Mona picked out the champagne herself, but she's drinking wine. Because it's it's poisoned. Yeah. <laughs> Mona's like, I murdered a lot of people today. <laughs> uh, so she turns away as Nolan heads off the grass into a wooded area. He gets his phone out. He's like walking further into the forest. His phone says it's scanning an area and there's like some computer code there and then it beeps and it says beacon guard out of range. That was very convenient. And mm-hmm. then he, he makes a call he needs to make. He says, I need to see you. <sighs> yeah, I was afraid of that. If, she, if she's ordered surveillance on me, then she'll be watching Ava too. He purses his lips. We need to meet. Cut to black. Uh, on the other end of this phone call, Taylor's like, great, bring me groceries. Yeah, I'm hungry. I need milk and toilet paper real bad. <laughs> I mean, he can't get like a Postmates for that. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you have to kill the Postmates guy afterwards. Yeah. Uh, what do you got what are you out here in the middle of the woods? Like you hiding out? And she's just like, you've seen too much. Yeah. So after the commercial, uh, now Allison is giving Dylan the shakedown in her classroom. Down on the stage there, there's like a table in there for some reason. Who brought the table in? Did she like drag this giant table in? Um, yeah, it's no like those... she moved the lectern and put the table there or something. Yeah, there's none of those like beacon guard boxes in the wall nearby. And she's like, I looked at some of your previous writing. <laughs> you don't have a record like the others. <laughs> so it's like it's your gift for words that gave you away. And Dylan's like, yeah, no shit. And he's like, it's kind of what it takes to make it here, right? And Allison's like. I know about Nolan and Ava. Is he manipulating you, forcing you to write the, their papers? What does he have on you? And Dylan gives her a hard stare as we flash back. It's Dylan's place at night. It's the same place that he's had, you know, this dorm, dorm apartment. So is he Nolan's just there. chilling there by himself? It's seemingly, well, seemingly Andrew moved in with him. Well, but so Dylan's already there, though? Well, because the line here. Uh, so Andrew's Dil- not moved in yet at this point. Yeah. Dylan yeah. says, uh, why did you take business ethics, business ethics if you're so uninterested in it? Because uh, Nolan's hanging out here. Because I guess they're friends or something. Uh, Nolan says, I thought it would give me something to talk about to my mother at her excruciatingly long family dinners. So Nolan, yes. maybe maybe they're not friends. He's just been using Dylan for the past year. Like, I don't know why Dylan does this at all. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, seemingly, I think... And I don't know that the show fully has hit this point home. I guess based on what Nolan's going to say, we're supposed to believe that Dylan has this big unrequited crush on Nolan, right? I guess, yeah. It doesn't fully come off. And then it's like, ooh, well, I'm it's so a upset. Scene. At, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm so upset at like Nolan for manipulating me into sex that I really, really wanted. You know, he didn't really manipulate you. Yeah. It feels like we're missing a scene. Anyway, yeah. so Dylan says, you know, it's it's cool that you guys do that. I wish my family didn't live so far away, even though he seems like he wanted to get away from his family. But mm-hmm. uh, Nolan sighs and he, he does that thing where you get up and you face away from the person while you're talking to them. Mm-hmm. He says, mm-hmm. you have Andrew. That's still a thing, right? Love it. Uh, Dylan says, yeah, he's moving in next week. We are exclusive now. Ooh, they've DTR'd. Yeah. Nolan says, sounds limiting. I'm surprised you agreed to it. I love the nagging. And Dylan says, uh, he smiles and he's like, it was my idea. All right. Nolan turns back around. He says, so you and I got to hook up or I'm sorry, you, you and I are going to hook up. Uh, we should do it sooner rather than later. Sorry. My typing here sucks. Uh, before he moves in and this surprises Dylan, 
He's not sure if Nolan's being serious or not. Dylan says, I, I thought that you and I were just friends. And Nolan says, I seen the way you look at me when you're, when you think I'm not watching. Mm. And Dylan kind of stares for a while. He's tries to laugh it off. And Dylan says, do you want to, do you want to finish this paper? And Nolan says, no, I want you to kiss me. And Dylan's just like, well, shit. And Nolan kind of smiles. He knows he has him. And Dylan stands up, walks over. They kiss. The shirts come off. They get down to fucking. And Hashtag music's, no deal. Music's talking about uh, I'm falling, falling, falling and all that. No, Dino for sure, man. Falling on some dick, yo. Here's my theory about most ships. I guess it's not really a theory. It's more more based on total fact and obvious. Uh, is that the ships that people are really like like militant about they're always based up on like on like super fucked up relationships, right? Like relationships that could be redeemed and get better, but it's like they're very rarely like everything's perfect and they're happy and they're two good people who are well matched. Like those relationships end up someone dying or getting shot by a nerd. Yeah, that, like Halib. Uh, I feel like there's there's issues in Halib too. Not as much as others, but like there's a reason why Spalib couldn't work. It was too strong. It was too good. It was too perfect. It's too sexy. Too sexy as fuck. And in this, I don't know. I mean, like, there's more heat, I think, in Dino slash No Dill than some of the others. Like, I feel oh yeah, like I mean, but it like it than, can't be now. Nolan and Eva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Like this, like these Not guys have Dill more chemistry. Yo, come on, high five it. Yeah, these guys have more chemistry than him and Andrew, or really any of the other ships. But yeah. it's like, well, Nolan's already dead, so okay, or it will be. Yeah. Two hours from now, when we finish this podcast, he will be dead. <laughs> Seriously. So, flashback ends. So, I guess Dylan just thought about that. He didn't tell Allie all of that. Yeah. Which is weird because how many of these we've seen now? I guess she didn't tell Allison. Ava so, didn't tell Caitlin. Her. Yeah. Ava did not tell, but Caitlin did. Okay. So, yeah. that that seems like, I don't know. Like, I almost feel like you should keep it all the same. Yeah. 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 For sure. Anyway. So. Um, Dylan says, I didn't write their papers. Allie says, I'm throwing you a lifeline, Dylan. You're here on a music scholarship, right? He nods. And Allie says, it'd be a shame to throw that away. And Dylan says, so don't push this. And Allie says, I assume that music means a lot to you. I'm going to take it. Uh, <laughs> I wish he said that. He's like, do you, uh, do you, do you have something you love? You know, like a hobby, like music. Music means a lot to you, right? I'm going to take it. If if this scene their season doesn't end without her like stepping on the cello, <laughs> fuck your cello. <laughs> Dylan says. Also, cello face is a is a term I want to coin for Dylan when he fucks. Oh yeah, totally. And when he plays the cello. Mm, ooh, bloody finger. And Dylan says, "I grew up in a small town, right? A small town where you weren't allowed to be different. Music was never just my way out. You know, I mean, it's everything that I am." And Allie says, if I report this, you'll be expelled. I don't want that. Please let me help you. You work for me now. Uh, Dylan <laughs> says, look, you want to help? Just let it go. Allie's like, let it go? Yeah, I've heard that before. But I can't do that. I'm going to give you 24 hours to tell me the truth. And then what? He's like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> the real Allie would have just like used this blackmail to serve her own ends. Yeah. Or like opened up her, her attache case and pulled out like Andrew's head. Yeah. Um, so cut to some some peppy music playing while we pan over the sidewalk. Uh, Aim for A is written out in chalk, LOL. Oh, you kids. Um, a was like walking with a garment bag across the quad to her camera guy who's like set up some lights and a backdrop in the middle of the quad outside the dorms for some reason. Why? 
it seems like super overcast. So you're not even really getting like good natural lighting. Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. Also, you can't control this scene. People walking past and you're doing fashion photo shoots. This seems real fucked. Um, Ava says, hey, don't give me that look. I've been sewing all night. But the model's upstairs. She'll be down and dressed in like five tops, okay? It's going to be great. She laughs and heads to this dorm. Inside the dorm, Ava walks in her garment bag. She's like talking. She goes. She knows this place. I think this is the model's this, place, right? I think it's her place. It's unclear. I, then it's real fucked up. I think this is no, the it model. No, it, it is her place, I think, because like she lets herself in. And the, Where has she the, been that she's been up all night sewing and now she's coming back? I don't know, girl. man, but like it's I she stays the there and everyone else leaves. Yeah, but I still think I think that's the bonkers part. I think this is the model's like a dorm. Anyway, so she's like she comes in. She's like, OK, I have 90 minutes to photographer and three changes. So let's do this. Are you ready? She walks into the bedroom and finds the model writing Nolan hard. Both of them buck naked. The model says it's not what it looks like. Nolan says it's exactly what it looks like. And they clearly took that line from Elsa because when you look at Chris Mason's lips, they're not even. <laughs> um, but also this show has has done it before. Other shows have done it. But I feel like we might need to declare a moratorium on shots of like man, woman, sex, infidelity. When one of the people is inside the other and says it's not what it looks like. Like, come on, model. That's the best you got. It's not what it's what it looks like. Well, then, then this is the best part. So Ava turns away, devastated. The model leaves with a blank wrapped around her. She does not look remorseful at all. I have to wonder if this is in a different, different storyline, different narrative, maybe even. Because yeah. I mean, like the um, the the take I got from the trailer was that Ava was the flashback and Caitlin was the present day, and obviously yeah, yeah. she was presenting something completely different, but. This is ridiculous. So this might be like the clumsiest part of the assembly. I, is it I the model's bed? The model just like left the apartment wrapped in a towel. Yep. Yep. Also, this is, makes it extra fucked up. Because I think he it's Ava's this, room. This he is, knows Ava's coming here and he's just like, I'm going to fuck the model in her place before you get here. Yeah. I guess yeah. it's, it's Nolan Hotchkiss. So he can just make is that happen. Like, I've got five minutes to handle something real yeah. quick. Or I'm going to have a bad afternoon. As long as you're here, Ava. Um, yeah, so well, Ava, Ava breaks my fucking heart. This is when I feel bad for Ava, and then I kind of hate her because so he's putting his pants on, smiling a little, heads out, and she's like, "What? That's it? You're not even gonna give me some lame excuse?" And he's like, "I don't need one." And she's like, "Why are you doing this? We were good together." And he's were like, you? "It was just about the sex for me, and I'm bored of you." I mean, they did do pool sex, and that's fun. So he pulls on his shirt. Uh, he turns to leave. Somehow his collar is still fashionably popped, and he pulls on the, the shirts at once. Well, he pulls on multiple shirts at the same time, but somehow like his collar pops still. It's like, okay. Multiple shirts? It's called the Bannon. Um, and she's like, what are you talking about? This isn't you. I can get past this. I can get past this if you talk to me. That's some you self-esteem, to, Ava. Seriously, you, you need to go light all his clothes on fire. Um, and he's like, get a grip, Ava. Desperate's not a good look on you. Hey, and good luck with the shoot. If she looks as good in your designs as she does out of them, that internship's a lock. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Yes. This is the line. This is the exit, Nolan. You've done it. You almost should just die right now. <laughs> and he was like, get out. He leaves. She's crushed. And Nolan seems, I don't know, mildly perturbed as he goes. Like, I guess we're supposed to interpret that maybe that was hard for him or something. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. Uh, just keeping track. Nolan's body count in this episode alone is four. This dude has a lot of jam. 
He's he has fucked almost the entire cast. He really has. Uh, mm-hmm. Elsewhere at night, Allie is typing away on her school issued laptop. She's on like the BHE website page because like it's also a search page. Um, search searching for the Hotchkiss family, and it's like an image search. We see uh, old magazine cover of the family when they were younger. So you're saying that the the girl looks a lot older, huh? I think so. I can't uh, even tell with children. Yeah. I wonder uh, uh, how fast they're going to recast whoever this dude is, the, uh, the father is. I, I wrote that down too. They're totally going to recast Peter Hotchkiss. Yeah. We're going to get some, some lame actor who also probably Peter played. Hotchkiss. You, you couldn't have picked another name. Oh, especially for the patriarch of the family. You're yeah. just, you're, you're treading on broken glass there. We're probably going to get some, we're going to get some actor who played like a teen 20 years ago. We're going to get like a Jay Moore, I feel like, or something Ooh, crazy. That's right. Yeah, I know. Also, the Rich Person magazine article that they're being featured in is called At the Top. <laughs> it's a picture of the family sitting on that staircase. Uh, so Ali spots a photo of Taylor's obit. Um, she pulls up for full screen. It's a bigger photo of Taylor. She looks a little bit like Ali. We see Ali reflecting the screen on top hey, of the photo. Know, I'm just noticing now. Um, Included in the uh, image search of the Hotchkiss family in the lower right corner, there's a mm-hmm. photo of that might be. It's it's hard to tell, but that might be Sydney Park and Brendan Robinson. Well, hold on, let me pull this up. You just blew my mind. I mean, it's kind of blurry, so it could be wrong. I don't know why. Like neither of these people are Nolan for sure. So I'm not sure why this would be here on her image search anyway. There's a girl in a yellow top on the right. In the upper right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like an alley top there, but in the lower right. I think that's a blonde girl. In the yeah. lower right? Yeah. Well, maybe my thing's not, like my iTunes thing isn't fully showing me the. Maybe you're looking at something else because that girl's definitely not Caucasian. Anyway, it's not that important. But wouldn't Taylor have to be older? She's a teacher and Nolan's a student. I guess. Right? Yeah, but I mean, Allie's also anyway. a teacher. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like Caitlin's got enough problems saddling her with an, of a Lucas backstory. is That's rough. That's mean. Um, her obit, by the way, says that she uh, was field hockey captain, that she's volunteered with the Hotchkiss Industries' famous safe and secure department where she did beach cleanups. Beach cleanups. Anyway, where are we at here? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's car like, driving in the woods. Oh, no, there's a one bit where uh, Allie pulls up like a larger photo of Taylor and like conveniently it goes to one side of the screen so we can see Allie's reflection on the other side of the screen to see if they look exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, cut to a car driving in the woods. There's no lights on the road except this car's headlights. Car pulls up through like a wooden gate onto some like unpaved wooded area. Nolan gets out. He's heading inside to a cabin with a bag of groceries and owl hoots. After Nolan yeah, goes in, mysterious Mini Cooper pulls up, a white Mini Cooper. Pulls up not that far away, kills the lights, and just idles there. What a goofy sentence. A mysterious Mini Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, and me, now. I feel now, like just me rubbing my hands together, getting excited when this episode's airing. I feel like me knowing how the the writers of the PLL work. We're going to find out later who's Mini Cooper this is, but they're not going to be the one who's in the car that night. And then we're Ooh. eventually going to find out that somebody else was driving the Mini Cooper that night, but they're not going to be the killer. They're going to be like there for some other reason. 
if it's even meant to be the Mini Cooper of the killer, of the person on the roof. But let me ask let me ask your theory of a question. Who was driving the car in the flashback when Allison went to go visit what's his name? Lime. I have always wanted to know that question because they never followed up on it. Okay, I, that is Chris Mason. Is it? In the picture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you sure? You should yeah. I've seen pictures of him like where he he has an appearance later in the season where he's clearly on set and he's got longer hair and it looks like this. Huh, okay. So I wouldn't be shocked if this was part of the reshoots, actually. Okay, so then uh, your, your big scene here, we're going to go inside the cabin and what's going on inside. Inside, a blonde is unpacking the grocery bag um, and no one's like, I broke it off of Ava. And the blonde is like, maybe when this is all over, you can explain you did it to protect her. She's got kind of a deeper voice, deeper register maybe. And he's like, No way, Taylor. Oh, shit. Taylor Hotchkiss is alive. The girl who was a mystery for some reason, even though we all knew she was in the show. My favorite new character. Um, Hello, Haley Aaron. So Nellen's like, what I did today, she'll never believe anything I say again. And then Taylor says, totally organically and naturally, Nolan, you're my brother. When this is over, I'll talk to her. What What a pilot line. Just having, Nolan, you are my brother. Test it out. Next time you talk to one of your sisters, just be like, Sarah, you're my sister. What's for dinner? When this is over, I'll talk to her. <laughs> well, this is where you're like, oh, secretly Nolan's a good guy or something. Uh, still pop collar, though. Uh, anyway, so they'd forgotten that they were related, but almost glad that we had this expository. Uh, and he's just like, Taylor, tell me we're making progress by the way the interior of this place is all like wooden walls no insulation there's like a camp lantern there's a flashlight there's a creepy baby doll because this is pll it's also a big crazy hacker workstation with a bunch of monitors like showing code and surveillance feeds of ava and the other leads the ava shot is pretty much her profile from like her talk of allison one of the shots is just a press photo yeah there's also there's normal monitors and there's like the one weird vertical monitor for all the code yeah Coding, yeah. It's when you cool. need to see like your code in a big, long vertical strip. You're like, you know what I need is I need that fucking matrix shit. Uh-huh. Weird green text just like tumbles like like snow. Um, so yeah, this is like I love that the shot of Ava's from the pilot, the very pilot that we're watching. This is some spaceball shit right here. Also, um, but Taylor's hmm. desk appears to be like a workbench. Like I'm pretty sure that's a vice on one end. Yeah. Uh, so Taylor says. Hotchkiss began changing their security protocol every half hour so I can still grab a feed and throw it to your phone, but nothing is stable. Nothing sticks. Part of the scene, by the way, was the audition piece for Taylor's role. Like you can go on YouTube and see other actors like oh, really? their version. Yeah. Huh. Um, there's also a bit where she has like a, or she kind of does a little takedown of Allison. So cool. Taylor and Allison scenes to come. Uh, but no one's like, what can we prove now? And Taylor's like, that they're using the Beacon Guard to spy on a select group of students. That's something. We have that. We need the why to bring them down. Do you? And no one's like, we can't do this by ourselves. We need help. Let's call in the FBI or the CIA or S.H.I.E.L.D. And she's like, no, Nolan. I know someone we can trust. And she's like, no, we talked about this. It's way too dangerous. And he's like, to do nothing. I think this can work. She like relents, nods, gives him a hug. She's like... Nolan, you're my brother. Okay. <laughs> they seem to really care about each other. Um, thinking will get you killed, Nolan Hotchkiss. Next time, stick to thinking of your dick. Um, so this is so, a wrinkle that makes 
it doesn't not make sense, but it's like this is kind of out of nowhere. <laughs> it's oh, it's it's like okay, like it's just still the pilot, so it's not like a huge shock because we really haven't gotten to know the situation. You know, like we haven't had time to really like sit in it yet. You know, it's well, not like I, it's not like we've had five episodes of the grieving kind of fragile Claire Hotchkiss who's clearly yeah. disturbed by the suicide of her daughter. You know, yeah, and I think that might be a mistake because I watched a little bit of how. You know, I mean, most of PLS viewers are younger. And so if you look at the social media, like they're clearly like wrangling them to certain degrees of how they want the the, the yeah. conversation to go. And they, they they tried this whole thread of like, oh, my God, the shock. Taylor's alive. And it's like, we don't know who any of these people are. Yeah. It's not like <laughs> it's, we even had like a flashback to Taylor previously. To, yeah. Also, have you seen a show before? She was clearly going to be alive. <laughs> so back to Alice on her computer. She searches for Taylor Hotchkiss suicide. Um, the webcam light in her computer immediately turns on. Also, on a Beacon Heights laptop, day class A. Well, like, are you allowed to cover up your webcam, or does they like get mad at you if you do that? You know. Also, well, that's. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> hilarious that that didn't like come into like PLL's issue until like season five. Yeah, really. <laughs> so the computer beep says "access denied" by Beacon Guard, and Allison's like, "What the fuck does that mean? That's weird." She looks outside. She sees Dylan like walking through the quad. Like, there's no she, way anyone would ever put up that school in, uh, search engine at the school. They'd be like, "Fuck this." Yeah. So Allison watches from above. Then she makes a decision. And heads out. We assume to follow. So her. where is Allie? Like her office? She's still sitting at that table in the classroom. It's like Granger going to be like, "This is actually my classroom, by the way." Skedaddle. So cut to the woods. Ava's like chilling in the moonlight. Caitlin walks up to meet her and Ava's like, hey, thanks for coming. Caitlin's like, yeah. Dylan joins them. Ava's like, hi. Caitlin's like, hey. Dylan's like, hi. They say howdy. They say hello. They say hello. They look up. There's a bird call. The owls are not what they seem. Caitlin's like, I remember this place. No one used to bring me here. And Ava's like, me too. Somehow I think it's safe. And then Dylan's like, from what? Ava, what? What are we doing here? Also, does no one like to get romantic in the woods? Is that what the Eskimo triplets here are implying? I don't know. Ava's like, I'm done with Nolan. I want to stop him. Stop what he's doing to us, or mostly you two. Um, is he, is he like blackmailing like, her passion? Now that I'm no longer fucking this guy, I guess I feel bad that he's blackmailing you into doing shit for him and me. <laughs> Thanks for doing my papers, though. Dylan's like, oh, I never thought of that before. So So sassy. And it was like, Allison offered to help me. Caitlin's like, me too. And Dylan's like, same here. None of them think that this is weird. Like, they're, they're strange new TA who's like a little bit obstructionist. Also, realistically, wouldn't you be dubious of her anyways? Because she is faculty. Yeah. Yeah. You and I, trust them. Not to mention if they happen to Google her. Although, I don't know, maybe Beacon Guard blocks them from it. Yeah, that's a good point. Ooh, that's to be kind of interesting. So this is what I'm wondering. So, is Beacon Guard, does it only exist on this campus? Mm-hmm. Or is it like a security system that's also sold to other like companies or colleges or whatever? That's a good question. Well, like I get the laptop having issues because it's a Beacon Heights laptop. If my phone and I just don't get on the Wi-Fi, <laughs> can it still, unless I like open a link from some email that I shouldn't have opened, like, I don't know. There's some Mr. Robot shit potentially happening here. Yeah. Um, so Dylan's like, she also gave me 24 hours before she reports me for writing everybody's papers. And they was like, so now is the time. And Dylan's like, you think that anybody's going to take my word over Nolan Hotchkiss? 
Um, but also, realistically, sure, Nolan maybe gets in trouble. He is the scion of the family. I don't know. But yeah. I feel like Dylan still gets expelled. He's the so only I, one who didn't do anything wrong. But still, I think, well, I mean, like, who's going to be the fall guy here if people don't, well, don't get Well, it's not going to be Dylan because he's the one who did the work. Yeah, he would just be like, oh, those were just a couple alternates I wrote that didn't like, and these guys stole them. But I mean, still, on this this campus, his name's not like Dylan Hotchkiss. Not yet. I think I think he, he has an accident. Um, so he was like, well, what if it's not just you? What if the three of us tell the school that he's blackmailing you two? <laughs> Allison's faculty, she came with us. Dylan's like, look, Allison or not, we're talking about her like she matters, like she's the star of the show. We do this everything that he's holding against us comes out. I don't know about you guys, but what he has over me is bad. So Not what, that bad. what does he have over Dylan? Just, that Dylan cheated on his boyfriend with, okay. with Nolan. But, but Dylan was already like doing all this dude's papers for him before that. Yeah, it's true. So I don't know. Maybe, yeah, don't maybe know. there's more that he has over him that we haven't found out yet. Or Dylan's just like such a pathetic pushover that he Dylan. was doing all this guy's work. And his Dylan's girlfriend's like, work. Yeah. Dylan's like, I sure miss family dinners because I killed my family before I left my, my weird, oppressive small town. Yeah. Um, so Caitlin's just like, same. I mean, there has to be some other way to shut him down. Dylan's like, wish he just dropped dead. And Ava says, no one would, wouldn't make things that easy. And Dylan's like, we could kill him. They all chuckle. Caitlin's <laughs> like, I have to admit, I have thought about him dying in a lot of different ways. And again, Caitlin, almost my favorite, has a murder fetish, maybe. And Dylan's like, look, Agatha Christie wasn't wrong, guys. <laughs> right murder can be justified and ava's like yeah but that's just a fantasy and caitlin's like but what a fantasy seriously i love her dylan's like drowning in that ostentatious pool of his is that it's not that, that ostentatious yeah. the reflecting pool maybe the <laughs> not, reflecting pool not the hookup pool yeah um but ava's like heart attack while he's hooking up with some dumbass bitch and caitlin's like that's inspired and ironic you dumbass bitch and Ava's like, yeah, by recent events, Dylan and Caitlin get it. Oh, Ava's on the market again. She's single now. Caitlin's like, Thornhall, I push him off the roof, and it gives him a second or two to think about dying before he's impaled on those spikes at the bottom. And Dylan's like, oh, good one. And Caitlin's like, mm-hmm, thank you. Mm-hmm. They laugh some more. And Ava's like, we're terrible to even pretend to think about this. And Dylan's like, yeah. And Caitlin's like, mm so they laugh some more they're all thinking ha 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 no but seriously he should die then they hear some leaves rustling oh shit is there someone else there it's probably allison but they can't see anything and i wonder if it is allison because presumably allison's off to find mona who knows well Allie in the last scene saw dylan going somewhere and then like left herself like she's gonna follow him so presumably it was like it was like let's get out of here thunder rolls they book it um you know what story, a new story I just heard about? The uh, the girl who pushed her friend off the bridge in Washington State. I had just heard oh, about yeah. That's awesome. Um, so cut to some nice B-roll of lightning striking. Uh, I can't wait till they find like a new stock image for Beacon Heights. You know, they can't use like the town from Gremlins anymore, like <laughs> Rosewood. So Mona's walking through the BHU quad in the raincoat, in a raincoat to her car. It's not a Mini Cooper. She gets in, fixes her hair, and then tilts the mirror so she can talk to herself. I love it. And she's just like, I think I'm doing a really good job, don't you? See, not that Stop. I not that I hate the where this goes at the very end, but I wouldn't have minded if Mona just talks to herself in the mirror. Like they do it the exact right amount. Yeah. The, the part where I want more, but I shouldn't get more. So like if the reveal 
of the end here didn't come for like three episodes and it was just like three episodes of this. Yeah, I'm on board. I'm on board for that. Um, so she smiles at herself. She starts the car after checking behind her before backing up. She looks back to the front and there's Allie leaping out of nowhere to slam on the hood. She's like throwing herself on the hood. Yeah. Mona gas and Allison yells, why am I really here? And Mona just shits her pants as we go to commercial. <laughs> um, but as Norman Buckley once said, Whenever I use a mirror in an episode of PLL, it's intentional. Like it's like imagine that times a thousand, and that's mm-hmm. Mona's thing in this pilot. So we come back to Allie and Mona in Mona's car. Allie says, It's not just Nolan. It's his friends and his mother and his dead sister, who I just saw a picture of. She could be my doppelganger. And Mona says, Okay, you're kind of tagging everyone here, Allie. And Allie says, Taylor Hotchkiss, the physical similarities. And Mona says, It's a coincidence. She's like, You blonde bitches all look the same. Yeah. I, I'm face blind to you, dumb white bitches. Uh, you were selected before I even knew what you looked like. And Allie says, did you learn nothing from Rosewood? There are no coincidences. And Moda, it's like she can tell she's got to give Allie something here to calm her down. She says, supposedly Taylor cracked. Couldn't take the pressure. That's why you're here as a TA to help people like her. So that Claire, BHU, won't lose anyone else. Sure. Allie kind of like, I don't think she really believes this, but she's like, whatever. You know, I mean, Mona is full of shit here, right? Mm-hmm. That's like just the most nonsense bullshit, like answer she could possibly give. Mm-hmm. That's magnificent. So later we're going to pan down on the three perfectionists as they're walking back through the quad. They stop where the paved walkway kind of diverges in different directions. And Ava says, thank you guys for meeting me tonight in the woods so I could complain about my ex. And Caitlin says, it was actually kind of fun. And Dylan says, yeah, it was. You know, it's funny. I think that maybe if there wasn't a Nolan, we could have been friends. And he smiles and Ava gives like a polite shrug. And Caitlin, like, it looks like she can't even pretend it's a possibility. She's just like, mm. it's like the exact reverse of their conversation three days earlier. Yeah. And uh, they all say goodnight to each other. They head their separate ways. Each of them looks back as they go, and it's like there's music playing. It's very emotional. It's like, uh oh, is one of them going to go do something deadly? Yeah, yeah. The music or, has like Inception bombs in it. Wrong. Um, or is Ava going to go do boring YouTube bullshit? And is Caitlin going to go rub one out over a? What's new up, Mer- guys? Tennessee. Don't forget to smash that like button. Elsie <laughs> Fisher just like looks at Ava and like shakes her head. So the lyrics are saying, uh, always said I was a good kid. Always said I had a way with words. Never knew I could be speechless. Don't know how I'll ever break this curse. Hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm pausing until you read the next part. Okay. Um, I don't know if you want me to read this whole bit you have here. It's <laughs> it's, uh, it's long. I It's good. I just, wow, you really committed to this joke. We get a shot of someone looking down over the three of them, over the rooftop of this building. Is it Angel? Is it, is it Batman? No, it's Nolan. But he's brooding like he's Batman or Angel. Um, do you want to do this bit? I don't know if I actually want to do the bit. I just want to put it in there for you. Okay, it's uh, it's interesting. It's basically, so. I'll just so do my, the bit. <laughs> okay, please. Nolan's journal. Do the voice. Commit the voice. I'm going to try to commit the voice. I don't really have it down. Nolan's journal, October 12th, 1985. Dark carcass in the alley this morning. Tire tread on burst stomach. The city's afraid of me. I've seen its true face. The streets are extended gutters and the gutters are full of blood. And when the drains finally scab over and all the vermin will drown, the accumulated filth of all their sex and murder will foam up about their waist and all the horrors and politicians will look up and shout, save us. And I'll whisper, no. 
but he will fuck him because he's got a lot of jam. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> no one Hotchkiss. <laughs> you don't have to save the city. You've given them everything. No, not everything. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Uh, so we cut to Allison looking at her photo frame of her and Emily with the kids. Um, Allison smiles. It's like you and, still can't see the, the Shay Mitchell's face. I just don't get it. Can't afford it. She's uh, Emily's moved to uh, New York where she met an untimely end at her uh, family home. Because she's sec- her and Pam are secretly Salingers. Um, so Allison smiles and she notices the wallpaper peeling again, which is like code to her. Like, oh, shit, I should rip all the wallpaper off. And she looks behind her concerned. Back on the roof, no one's still standing around. There's a big key light right behind him that makes the mist glow and obscures his vision in that direction. I forgot for a moment that this was I for a second I got your notes. I actually thought this was in the episode. I was yeah, like I just wanted you to keep going like it was. I I thought for a second, like, what if it was in the episode and I just forgot this monologue where no one in your notes says, I heard a joke once. Man goes to doctor, says he's depressed, says life is harsh and cruel, says he feels all alone in a threatening world. Doctor says, treatment is simple. The great clown Pagalachi is in town tonight. Go see him. That should pick you up. Man bursts into tears, says, but doctor, I am Pagalachi. Good joke. Everybody laugh. Rolling snare drum. Curtains. Um, this is when Crazy Joe Devola jumps out. But no, a dark figure walks in front of the key light behind him. We can't see their features at all. Um, Seems like they're like wearing a, a hoodie, or a, like a trench coat or something. I don't know. No one turns, and he like clearly recognizes this person, or thinks he does. Thinks this is the person he's meeting, the person he can trust. He says, "I know this is crazy meeting here, but it's a safe zone." He's like breathing hard. He's anxious. This is important. I'm sorry I've been such an asshole to you. So we start intercutting Nolan's speech, and Allison like ripping the wallpaper off her wall, and he's Nolan continues. And time is running out. This isn't just about me; it's about Taylor too. She's alive. We need your help. So then the camera zooms in on Nolan, and he gets like a shocked look on his face, like "Oh shit!" Like he's been attacked by a werewolf. Um, back of Allie, she's torn all the wallpaper away and uncovered a message. They're watching. It looks like it's been like written in blood, and Allison's like, "What the fuck does this mean?" And sirens blare in the distance, or maybe right outside, it seems like the it might be. Oh, they're getting closer, maybe yeah. Maybe they're, like, driving past her street. She goes to see what happens. Um, I like that her – I know it becomes an issue in episode two, but I feel like her A is for alibi will be that just that she was at home fucking up her walls. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> my fucking security camera in my, uh, my living room will tell you that. I mean, I guess technically none of our main five here have an alibi that we're aware of. I was doing boring YouTube shit. Mm-hmm. I was coding. I was on my Twitch stream, yeah. <laughs> uh, so out in the quad, Amlet's unloading a gurney as more cops show up. Allison's like walking. Ava's like putting on some like stupid anime air- ears and like pretending to play Fortnite or something on her Twitch channel. <laughs> That's so desperate. The, uh, the worst thing that I have seen, and I don't want to disparage people with the show because I like them all, but have you seen the Toyota trivia video? Oh, that was bad. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I would not wish anyone to be in that situation. It's just like they're doing trivia questions, but suddenly I'm just looking at a Corolla logo. <laughs> What's going and- on? And I'm, am I supposed to root for them because they know that the one show is set in Rosewood? That's weak. That's fucking weak. Like you're, to just, have... you're, just the, you're the ultimate PLL fan just like leaping up, slamming that ball back in their face and saying none of that shit in here. 
Well, especially when you have the character who's like one of her villainous victories is that she like beat another character in an academic decathlon. <laughs> and she's like, yay, you know, that it was in Rosewood. Whoopie doo, it's by Toyota's. And then at the end, they threaten us with more videos to come. <laughs> it's a hostage situation. The word kidnap is the root of plagiarism. Um, so on the quad, the ambulance is loading that gurney. Allison's like walking to the crowd of students. We got a classic PLL mystery motif on the soundtrack. You can hear it. It does a little do, 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 do. I was like, ooh, I got so excited when that happened. Mm, yeah, tingly. Uh, a bunch of kids are gathered around looking at something. Allison walks up to Mona and she's like, Mona? Mona turns. She looks stricken. Allison's like, what's going on? And Mona says, it's Nolan Hodgkiss. He's dead. Allison can't quite believe it. She walks forward and sees the body of Nolan's impaled on that spike fence in front of the building. He's got like two spikes like jetting right out of his gut. That must have been a hell of a fucking push. This, yeah, that seriously, he, it's like 20 10 feet. feet away. <laughs> 20 at least. Yeah. Also, uh, I don't think this is an insta kill. I, I think that is a painful way to die and it's going to take a while. He's like spitting blood out. It's not like it's through his chest. It's through his gut. He's got more than two seconds to think about his death, Caitlin. Like IRL, I mean, I don't know, maybe he like breaks his back or something for the fall. But like, I feel like that one, you're alive and in pain for a while. Mm. I'm getting all excited here. Like I'm. Yeah. Well, you. Um, So, yeah, Allison's stunned. The other perfectionists start showing up. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. The lyrics of the song playing are typically on the nose. I won't let my demons win. My only rivals within. I will fight through the thick and thin. My rivals within, etc. <laughs> um, Ava falls to her knees, totally gutted, just this bawling her eyes out. This to me makes this. her seem the most guilty because she's just like yeah. sobbing away. Yeah, I feel like her or Caitlin. So Caitlin shows up. Jeremy from another direction. Dylan joins Caitlin, and Dylan's just like. It's just like you imagined. He doesn't seem that that broken up. And Caitlin like, says, "Shut up." Yeah, he, yeah, he says that to her. He says, "It's just like you imagined in public when yeah. the police are around and public's around." And Caitlin says, "Say that again, so I can finish." Um, his boyfriend Andrew shows up from another direction, looking stunned. Um, Allison looks into like. Do you think Nolan- those are reshoots? It really feels like they're like, "Oh, let's get Jeremy and uh, Andrew in here, just so we have more suspects." Yeah, I think so because the. To me, even more so than Andrew, Jeremy's not a character like on this show yet. Like, no. like I know this guy's like a like a series regular, but like I hope something comes up later on the show. I, I, don't have, know I have high hopes for Jeremy. I mean, he's British for one, and he's a rocket scientist. Yeah. So, well, I mean, well, number one, do we know that a lie sounds good in his accent? I don't know yet. But uh, he's a rocket scientist for Hotchkiss Industries and/or Technologies. Is he also teaching an astrophysics class mm-hmm. at the school? And who amongst this cast is taking that class? <laughs> is that why the Apollo 11 book is placed there? I don't know. So Allison looks into Nolan's dead, upside-down eyes. She reads his soul. Uh, Ava's sobbing. We pull out on the gruesome scene. And Allison's like, this reminds me. Remember that Thanksgiving when I was throwing hot glares at everyone outside your house, Mona? There were <laughs> sirens and coughs and ambulances, and the whole place was like a slip and slide of your blood. <laughs> Anywho, so then we cut to the school bathroom. Mona walks in and orders the girl doing her hair to get out. <laughs> She's like, get out now. Get out of here, Patrice. Every time I watch that line, it gets funnier. She's like, get oh, out now. To, we forgot to mention, or I forgot to mention, when she shows up at the party in those red stilettos, mm-hmm. there's a part, there's like an upper, like a higher up shot. And it looks like the other couple is about to collide into her. 
I really want her to be like, get the fuck out of my way. I guess I'm into that, Allison. Salty, mean, kind of a nasty uh, vocab. So as the other girl leaves, Mona faces the mirror and talks to herself. And she's like, what the hell just happened? Was this our fault? We cut to an angle of Mona from behind the mirror. And she's like, answer me, damn it. Then suddenly a woman walks in the frame. So this video is taking up a whole wall in some crazy futuristic Truman Show control center. Well, it's like we didn't know it was a, a video at first, but then suddenly this woman just like walks right in front of it. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, and she just like walks in front of it and she's like, Mona, go to your safe place now. And the video kind of shrinks on the wall to show a bunch of other surveillance feeds. And there's like some uh, text e parts, some computer code. There's like five other people who show up in this control room. Everyone's like watching shit and controlling stuff. How, and how great casual. would it have been if all the other people in this room were played by Janelle Parrish? Well, see, that's the thing is, okay, so based on tweets we've gotten, half the people fall into the camp of like, this is Herman's head yeah. and this is inside Mona's head. And I guess my first take was like, this is a beacon guard thing. Yeah, no, I, well, I guess it's unclear if Mona is working for Beacon Guard or if this is some other other faction (laughs) involved. Yeah, because that might be maybe too complicated because it it seems like Mona might be on whatever side Taylor Hotchkiss is. Maybe. Yeah, because Mona's like, did we do this? You know, like what happened? Or I don't know. It's it's I don't know what's going on. Like, like I want to see it go like full Westworld. We're like season five. We're like on a post-apocalyptic landscape. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird but, way. I mean, it's it's intriguing, but it seems to completely undercut like the the mystery of oh, we joked about this guy dying and now he died. Uh oh. Yeah. Know? Like yeah. it's like this whoa, is, way bigger stakes are happening. The last thing on PLL's pilot tells you exactly what that show, at least that first season's about. This implies that this show is about this. But, I mean, it basically it implies two different things, though, because we get the first ending, and then we get this ending. And it's like, okay, well, so what show am I watching? Well, the thing is, is you're just not, you're not establishing the new characters very strongly, I don't uh-huh. think. They're, they're certainly trying. I mean, so far, the most interesting characters, you got Mona and Allie, and then mm-hmm. you have uh, the Hotchkisses, right? Mm-hmm. Taylor, uh, Nolan, Taylor. and Claire. And then the yeah. other three are just kind of there. Yeah. And they have like yeah. SOs that are even further in the background there, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, but like you have Allison is portrayed as your lead for the entire pilot. And then suddenly Mona swoops in and she's like, no, yeah. it's me. Of course it's me. It's this all video game that I designed. Yeah. So is it a mind palace? Is it beacon guard? Is it a shield helicarrier? Who knows, man? Who knows? So uh, who did it? So I know you and I heard a theory today from somebody that it's uh, it's one of the perfectionists themselves. Oh, yeah. Who, who did she say? I think she said Caitlin. I think so, yeah. I could, I could be wrong. Let me know if I'm wrong. Um, I would, I would I, pick Ava of the three of them, but I don't think it's any of the three. To me, I don't know that they're going to do this. I feel like it has to be a student because of Ava's opening monologue. Otherwise, why is that there? You know, like, yeah. like or it's implied that the pressure has snapped. I mean, if you push somebody, that's also I presume, a crime of frustration. Well, I think you have to factor in one of your old rules from like the whodunit uh, thing is who, who, who do you want doing that villain monologue? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I personally don't really care for Ava to do that. I guess I'd rather of the three of them it be Sydney Park. So I guess I feel uh, like they just haven't let Sophia Carson off the leash yet. They haven't. I mean, like she doesn't leash her. have they have they don't have the stuff that where she's like really clawed her way and said I'm going to own a very specific part of this. I mean, I saw some some write up somewhere where they were like talking about like Ava's iconic debut on the show, and I was uh, like, where when? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh-huh. if you if you you know just consider her to be Olivia Jade, I guess you can kind of get there. But um, I don't know if I had to pick anyone that we've met so far. You're like Jeremy. <laughs> so no, I mean, Jeremy. No, I'm totally sorry, but I have to whack you now. Jeremy or Claire? That's that's who I'll go with. Ooh. I mean. I don't know. I'm trying to think. There is there a character who sticks out as being like, "Why are you here?" Um, I don't know if there's one of those necessarily. Like, there's a couple That's, SOs uh, that are kind of you don't have. Character. Yeah, but it's not like they all kind of has a reason to be there. It's not like Mona and PLL where it's like, "No, but seriously, why are you still here?" Right. Right. So yeah, I don't know. I'll go with Claire. I mean, I think uh, Kelly Rutherford could do a good villain monologue. Hell yes, she could. And uh, maybe she just wants to kill her son for some reason. I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm presuming the way it's it's put up, even though it's not quite presented that way in this, is I'm assuming that whoever he thinks he called is not the person who showed up. Maybe. I mean, one of two possibilities is either it, it could be the person in the Mini Cooper or they could be unrelated. It could be the person he called and they turned out to not be, uh, you know, on his side. Or it could mm. be a third party. Then I need to know why, I guess the show will build its world, but I need to know why this is a conversation of his mother if she killed him that they couldn't have had over the dinner table. Well, I don't think he would know that it was her in that situation. Well, but like he said, I'm going to call somebody I trust. Oh, well, so that sh- whoever he calls may or may not be the person on the roof, is what I'm saying. Mm. Mm. You think maybe even there's a possibility the person he trusts is Allison, which would be ridiculous to me. No, definitely not. But I mean, it could just be some other person. It could be like Ava's dad or something. You know? mm. Oh, God. Um, so Beacon Guard, what is going on with Mona? Who, who is Mona really working for? I have no idea. Yeah. I feel like when we get our first scene between Mona and Claire, if we ever get one, it will make more sense. Mona, you know, we joked about like, who's the, who's the fake person or not. Mona is the most like could, could actually not exist of all the characters so far. Right. Yeah. No one else has interacted with her. Yeah. Except uh, Allie. That would be fucking wild. Yeah. How is, how is the Senator from Oregon and a fugitive uh, money bezler involved in this? I feel like they, made enough a point of both of them that that's going to be important Mm. Mm -hmm. Mona's uh, post high school career has been fascinating she went to college she went to DC worked in politics came back to Rosewood worked in politics kidnapped some people built a complicated dollhouse in Paris ran a doll shop there as well then she's been working in game design and then in a college campus. And maybe one of her coworkers literally knows Allie from PLL. Quite possibly, yeah. Or is just so, like, her, if she's in her what, handler, uh, so What briefed. if that's Lucas? 
the woman at the end telling no, no, no not the woman obviously but the <laughs> the person like i presumably there's more than just this one woman who talks to mona mm. right so what if it, what if it was lucas on the other end at the beginning when she's like oh that's the alley we remember can you just imagine though like if he was there at the end of the pilot and he's just like mona go to your safe place i was gonna make a comment like if mona and lucas earlier i was gonna make a comment they were involved and i was like why would they even know each other and i was like oh yeah they were kind of shoehorned together in season five mona and lucas yeah she he was on her team her like squad or like her anti-alley squad in season five of PLA. oh yeah 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 real briefly it yeah. made no sense how did they even know each other uh-huh. they were just like simpatico because they were victimized by allison mm-hmm. yeah such as the power of mona anyway that was the perfectionist pilot it's um a little bit of a mixed bag i mean i think we're interested yeah it just seems like i don't know i'm I guess they had to get a pilot out. You know, I, I would love to know what some of the drafts of this looked like. Cause it, it, to me, it, it's like, if, if I had read this script, I would have been like, Ooh, I have some notes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I'm very curious to know what the original pilot cut that was turned in. And this isn't like insidery stuff. I believe this was on Instagram. They mentioned that it was like 10 minutes longer than you know mm. broadcast yeah 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 it, it was yeah marlene tweeted a thing and i made a, a joke about eyes white shut i remember that there you go uh next week is episode called sex lies and alibis um that's the one where you've seen in the commercials where allison slaps the shit out of mona i hope that when she does it she then says i owed you one <laughs> and then mona says now we're even yeah, now they're even sure I mean, I could ship some Monison. I, I mean, I've always thought that uh, that was the only way for them to really resolve their the tension between them is to make out. Well, I think that's, to me, the byproduct of her obsession with Allison. Um, and again, it crystallized for me, like when I read like a page of uh, one of like Joseph Doherty's like stories, like on Kindle, where like, Mona wanted to like imagine herself like trying on Allison's skin and like looking <laughs> at herself like through Allison's eyes in the mirror. And, like I I mean that feels very like uh, an obsession that would turn sexual or what have you very easily. But also Mona's got that thing that a few of us have where it's called chemistry of everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no one I wouldn't ship Mona. Which with. is why it's a shame that she only has scenes with Allie in this. Because yeah. it's like, oh, wonder wonder if she's gonna ever interact with any of the other characters here. Goddamn, how lucky would you be if, like, you had an imaginary person who, like, aided you in your quest and they were Mona? I know. And then somehow that person also had a world inside their head where people dressed in business casual of technology aided them. It's just layers. Like, how long until Mona turns into, uh, like, Shaw from Person of Interest? <laughs> yes. It's just, like, 11 o'clock. She pulls out a gun and shoots in that direction. If Mona starts like talking in binary, well, that might be the weirdest, hottest thing I've ever seen. Also, take a really long time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can you get to the point already? Zero zero one zero one zero zero. Um, but she's she's like a, a weird hacker person. We've learned from PLO. Like, there's, it's almost like like Mona is already showing up in God mode. Well, it's like, oh, Mona is like a yeah weird god mode hacker. Okay, I'll watch that show. I don't know why these other people are here, but I'll watch this show. 
I think I think when we've done roundtables or things, whenever people have sent us questions and they've always asked, what's like the spinoff you want or what's the easiest spinoff to get going? I think we've always said anything with Mona would be like because she is so versatile. Like there's not a PL spinoff that I don't think you could have plugged her into, you know. Mm-hmm. Serious, I would. I mean, I challenge you. Give me, give me a dumb PLL spinoff idea, and I swear to God, I'll put Mona in there. Where do you think Mona's safe place is? Is that like a mental thing or a physical place? That's a great question. I don't know how you could even con- do conjecture on that yet. Like it's apparently not. Like she has like a weird like bunker dollhouse area she goes to or something, you know? No, she's just gonna like phase <laughs> of alignment with this reality, transport back to her ship. All right. Anyways, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, I think you could like, probably... Like, is it in the earpiece and, like, weird context that she's got in her eyes? You know, like... like okay. Yeah. Is you, there going to be a thing where by end of season one, she's doing, like, Tony Stark, like, holograph shit where she's, like, throwing things around in the air and, like... Oh, oh you know, it's coming. Yeah. Um, you can um, probably expect these podcasts to be posted on a Saturday or a Sunday. I guess it depends on how fast we do our notes. Mm-hmm. Um, if only the show aired on Tuesday. I don't know why it doesn't. Or if we had screeners. Um, yeah, or if we had screeners. Uh, the ratings, I know, were not great. Although, given, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know how they really measure ratings anymore because there's all, like, streaming stuff. So those numbers might not be reflective of the total viewing audience. But, uh, yeah. Also, I find it fascinating that it's not airing in England. Like, there's not even a release date. Yeah, it's weird. Like, other parts of Europe, obviously South America and, and places, but, like, not the uk that just seems so weird okay well we'll be yeah. back uh, sometime next weekend talk about mm-hmm. sex lies and alibis until then yeah. bye bye oh.